The following is a presentation of Real Racing USA. When purchasing a technical product like brakes, there is no substitute for quality and experience. In the performance industry, no one has more experience than the Brake Man. The Brake Man has been designing high-performance solutions for a variety of applications for almost 40 years. The current products from the Brake Man are among the most advanced on the market. The Tornado Calibers are the only calibers in the performance industry to carry a U.S. patent number in their new line of pads and rotors. The Brakeman Super Brakes are solving brake problems on hard-use vehicles, from police cars to ambulances and a variety of fleet vehicles. So if you're towing a trailer, carrying heavy loads, or just plain want to extend the life and stopping power of your vehicle, it's time to call The Brakeman on the web at thebrakeman.com. Hey, we got to do a show tonight? Live radio at its finest. Oh, my God. It's that time of night? Mm. What show is this? Is this a stock market report? Inside Florida Racing. Oh, it'd be it. Check, check. Everything's cool. Imagine that. Inside Florida Racing, uh, Rob Elting here, a.k.a. Bonehead. How are you? CeCe Brooks here. And uh, and uh, 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 that sleepy is, uh, Jack well, over there, uh, over there uh, sleepy engineer, sleepy engineer Jack. So hey, how you doing, Rob? I'm doing great. Um, we're we were sitting here uh, talking about the races that were going on. What's oh that? yeah, hey, I had a great Saturday night. I made my way up to the Desoto Super Speedway to watch that Florida Sprint 400. 400? Did they run 400 laps? They did 400 laps. It was great. I bet there wasn't but two of them left. <laughs> no, there, it, it was really exciting because there was 11 rows of three. Oh, man. That's a lot of cars out on the track. So I saw they had quite a few of them that finished that, so it was a good race all yes. the way to the end. And, uh, of course, the man of steel, David Steele, uh, came away with the win Yes, again. he did again, and uh, quite impressive. But also, I just I want to acknowledge that um, uh, sprint car number 11, Jacob Wilson, 17-year-old driver, outstanding, a fast vehicle, and his first time in the sprint car. Where'd he finish? He finished third. Well, he that's finished great. third in it was time a, in the sprint car. It was quite impressive to watch. They put on a great show. Um, had a great time up there. I want to thank uh, MJ and of course, you know, their announcer up there, Rick, did an outstanding <laughs> job. <laughs> the he announcer was, Rick. How he, you doing out there, Rick? I know you're a, listening. He was a pleasure to listen to and everybody up there uh, took great care of us, sat in their VIP section and had a lot of fun Saturday night. Now remember, uh, if you want to hear the announcer, Rick, every uh, Tuesday from 7 to 9. Jack, what's the name of that show called? You guys change the name of the shows all the time. Hey, Jack. We, we never change the show. Ask Rick what it is. Where's Rick at? Where's Rick? Is he on the phone? I'm on the phone. Oh, hey, there he Rick. Is. It's C.C. Brooks. How are you? Uh, I'm mad at you. <laughs> you. You're not mad at me, are you? No, I'm not you, man. I ain't never mad at you. <laughs> Um, you did a. Uh, that was the first time I was up at Desoto Speedway Saturday night, and she uh, didn't know Rick. She didn't know this is like your almost your like your swan and I just, song. I she did, didn't put two and two together. I just wanted you to know I really enjoyed listening to you work Saturday night. Well, that was part me and part Rob Klepper. Most of it was Rob Klepper from USAC doing the announcement. Well, so it wasn't even. Oh Rick. well. Oh, I take never. back all the nice things I so, said. Hey, there, Rick, Rob. you suck, <laughs> man. So what? You no, know? Rick. Rick does a great job announcing. I've heard him announce many times over there. He does a great job over there. And Rick, you know, uh, four hundred laps, man. 
you know, I've got this new baby, so I can't go and watch these races. But I'll tell you what. I think if I had the choice to go to the Snowball Derby, as much as I love late model racing, I think I would take watching 400 laps of sprint car racing over that. Did you guys have a huge uh, fan base there? Oh, man, the fan count was fantastic. i tell you what, this is how big the fan count was up there. We sold out of T-shirts before the race started. That's unbelievable. You know, um, folks, if you can't just imagine uh, um, 400 laps of these things, if you've gone and seen their normal 35-lap show that they uh, put on, 400 nonstop laps. How many times do they have to pit? Uh, they were they were required to, to pit. They were required to pit times. twice, yeah. Twice. Twice. Once before 200 laps, once after mm-hmm. 200 laps. And there were several people that pitted more than that. But the uh, the leaders, that's all they pitted. Now, I, I'll tell you, 33 cars started that race, three wide, um, and I'm going, oh man, this is going to be this going to be ugly. But I'll tell you what, these guys, professionals, they just um, they took off. There were a lot of cautions early in the race, nothing major until Dakota Stevens went head over heels over in turn mm-hmm. one. Uh, everybody was a little scared of that because. I mean, he was, in, he was in a really old sprint car, old Doug Hebron car, and, I mean, it was a pretty open cockpit, and you could see him moving around. He got out of the car okay by himself, um, and that's, passed out, but they took him away in the ambulance. He's okay. And then that's on. when they that's when he lost his fuel cell, right? Right. The fuel cell com- came completely out of the car. They threw it over the fence just so we wouldn't have any problems. We had three problems with fuel cells. Well, exactly. Char- uh, uh when uh, Charles Schultz ran into, ended up hitting the wall when he right. got tangled up there. And uh, that was quite impressive when the, the tire came free and went over the wall and took off. Right. Yeah, we had like uh, six people chasing that tire. Yeah, that was quite a sight. But I have to tell you, I was really impressed by your track up there. Had a great time. Um, your staff was just, just, just wonderful up there. I really enjoy your facility that you have up there at DeSoto Super Speedway. Looking forward to come back up and watching some more races up there. And just a, that was just a spectacular race to watch. It was a totally spectacular event, the whole thing from beginning to end. It really was. What do you think of that guy getting shot out of the cannon? Oh, you know. Dave, Who got shot? D- Dave, Who Dave, got shot? David shot? Smith. Matter of fact, David Smith, the David bullet. David Smith got he shot. Was on, he was on my radio show, <laughs> Kicks Country 92.9, with me on Friday. Is that a little plug? And, yes, it is a plug. And, <laughs> um, and uh, you know, great guy. And that was spectacular watching him get shot out of that cannon and flying oh, over those 18 sh- uh, Dodge cars and trucks. And uh, it was great. And then there was fireworks going off, too. Well, that wasn't our fireworks. Well, I, I know, but you could see them. And so, like, I'm trying to watch the fireworks and the sprint cars all at the oh, same time. Oh, yeah, that's right. Night. Over there at Bradenton, uh, yeah, Motorsports Park. Yeah. They, were, they, they were taking their warm-up laps. And then just as we were counting down two laps, one lap. You know, I'm watching the drag strip too, and and uh, PD, I forget his name is, but he drives a semi jet truck, and he's firing it off at the at the start finish line at uh, the drag strip. He took off and uh, crossed the stripe, and just as we threw the green flag, the fireworks started going off. Well, it, it it was spectacular. I mean, it really was like perfect timing. I think a lot of people were sitting around me thought it was all part of you know all part of the event, and it was just a great time. Enjoyed it. You know, Rick's got the best of both worlds. He sits up there in that booth and he watches the drag races while the uh, other races are going on. No doubt, man. Hey, hey Rick, (laughs) I I hate to interrupt this crash commercialism, but... uh, What are you talking about? What? What are you talking about? We we got a show to do. Hey, tomorrow night, man, we're going to talk to uh, 
These guys are mad at me, you know. Right. Because well, yeah. you get Augie Grill tomorrow. We got Augie Grill tomorrow. Yeah. Winner yeah. of the Grill. Winner yeah. of the Snowball. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow night on Real Racing USA Live on Tuesday Son night. Of Frankie I'm... Grill. Huh? Son of Frankie Grill. That's right. Yeah, Son that's of Frankie yeah. Grill. I talked to Frankie today and uh, talked to Bobby Santos tomorrow night. Right. Yeah, and you're going to have Jacob tomorrow. Jacob. Now, that kid right there comes from what, it, what they it – not, it's not really a midget. It's, it's, a, it's a midget chassis. How could you call a him a midget? Motor is, <laughs> and he's never that's gone so 50 laps. And he ran 400 laps. He was outstanding Saturday night. But he told me, he said, I'd have won that race if I didn't hit the ball twice. Yeah, I mean, he, he had a fa- everybody around me was commenting on how he had such a fast car. And that they were Everybody was really impressed and looked like he has quite a future in racing. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. And I'll tell you who's really got the future, though, and the one to keep your eye on is Bobby Santos the third. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Who will be racing yeah. in the uh, PRI. He, came, he finished second. He'll be racing in the big PR, PRI event at uh, Orlando on uh, Friday night, and uh, We'll be up there to check that out, and and he's going to be on the show t- t- tomorrow night with us. Hey, what Rick, a segue. Uh, did you guys plan all this? <laughs> then uh, <laughs> you guys couldn't have hit that any better. Rick, we know what we're doing. Hey, you hey, know uh, what? Well, hey, Rick, if you hang out here a little bit, I just interrupted him, but he can wait. Yeah, uh, sure. Ryan Crane, remember we talked to Ryan Crane earlier in the year, and he said that uh, he he didn't know who to have help him, and he called up uh, Wayne Anderson, and, and Wayne recommended that he get who? Um. Oh, you're asking me to remember stuff? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to find out who helped. Stump the announcer. Who, we're going to find out who helped Ryan Crane uh, uh, win up there at uh, Snowball, in, the, in the Snowflake a little bit later on. We're going to have him back. You'll remember in a minute, as soon as you're off the air. Well, oh, okay. I'll tell you what. All those names you guys got, Bobby Santos, Jacob Wilson, Augie Grill, Bruce Hibbs, Jr., and Denny <laughs> Sammons, Area Auto Racing News. Mm-hmm. Imagine this. Is nothing... Is nothing towards what we've got tonight. Just in one person, we've got the man Dave Pletcher is going to be on the show yeah, tonight. Big Daddy, man, Big yeah. Daddy's on the show tonight, yeah. and uh, we're going to all be able to understand him. Don't worry. I don't think I've ever heard Big Daddy do. A, I've never heard the interview. I've interviewed him on the radio several times, right? But uh, I've never heard a radio interview with Big Daddy Dave Pletcher. And I'm telling you what, you guys are in for it tonight. Pay close attention, Rick. We'll still talk to you later, man. Take it easy, Rick. Bye, Rick. Uh, you guys, make sure you listen to Real Racing USA live tomorrow night. Uh, same time, same place as we are here. Eight stories up in the tower. I might have to come crash that show tomorrow. Crash it. Yes, come. They would love to have <laughs> you here. Um, sounds like a good show they're going to have tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Our show today, we've got uh, uh, Jerry Parker, uh, Ryan Crane, Kirk Jett, Robbie Helm. Gary LaPlante. Yes, with the Outlaw Street Stocks. He's getting his stuff together. We're going to have a 100-lap race, I hear. I don't know how much I like that or not, but um, I hope he still has some cars at the end of that thing after 100 <laughs> laps of the Outlaws. Uh, and, of course, uh, Big uh, Big Daddy Dave Pletcher, uh, for me, one of my mentors. Without Dave, mm-hmm. um, I would never have been able to race in my years of racing. So it's going to be good to interview him. And, you know, talking about sprint cars, you know Dave used to drive those. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he did. Hey, guys. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, we need the fanfare music over there, guys. So the fanfare music. Okay, well, you are the guy that runs all the buttons yeah. over there. So. I can't find the fanfare. So, okay, okay. yay! yay! All okay, right. Is that it? How, the how, 2007 <laughs> Fast Mini Cup champion in the Pro Division and Driver of the Year, Jerry Parker. Welcome to Inside Florida Racing. Woo! All right, Welcome. Jerry Parker. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Jerry, now, are you one of those guys that's like 240 pounds that gets up out of those little mini cup cars? 
Actually, no, I'm one of the ones that's only 142 pounds. Okay, I was just checking because, you know, I've seen some guys as big as me hop up out of there, and I wonder what that's all about. They got words for guys like you. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, talk to us a little bit. You know, um, we got to hear a lot about the Mini Cups last week, you know, about the cars themselves and about your class. And um, talk to us a little bit about what it's like to race these cars and uh, what kind of budget did you have to spend, you know, to become the champion in this series this year? Well, I actually got started about two and a half years ago. Um, I've seen these cars a long time ago and finally got interested in getting into them. Uh, I started out with basically out of pocket close to about, 50, I think it was about 5500 to 6000 for my car, uh, which we had to have it built from the ground up. Um, and uh, went from there for the two years. I think uh, this past year, this, for the 07 season, is the first year I've raced the whole entire year. And uh, I think budget-wise, out of pocket, it ranged. We had a lot of mishaps this year, but it cost us between six and eight thousand, I think, for this year. All right, I'm sorry, we're yeah, you're on the air, and this is live radio. I know, I'm getting distracted as we take care of some things here behind the scenes. You know, it's uh, more than just talking to keep a show up on the internet. So, um, it's it's a big investment getting in there and running the running these series now. I've never met you before, Jerry, and I'm not super familiar with your background in racing. When did you start, and in, in, in what class did you start when you first got, got into racing as a hobby? Well, that that all depends. Back when I was younger, we used to when we used to dink around back with the uh, go karts and everything, and then we um, went into drag racing for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, been doing drag racing for quite a while, actually. My um, my father lives out in Texas. He he's a um, he races a drag car out there and everything. And then uh, just recently, last couple of years, I finally got bored of going straight. Said, mm-hmm. you know what? I want to start banging doors with people. <laughs> so finally convinced the wife in the uh, purchase in a mini cup, and uh, it's been gone from there ever since. Yeah, it's just let me interject here, guys. You know when I when I when I talked to Jerry earlier today, I mean his wife is really on this, okay. She wanted to make sure that he called me to make sure he was actually going to be on the show tonight because she said he needed to be out in that garage getting that race car ready for the next race. Oh, good now, woman. how good is that? Good woman. Hey, I make it better even. I, he, I actually had her make the deposit check for the car when we bought it, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds uh, fantastic. Okay, well, Jerry, what do you think about some of these younger kids that are coming into racing and they're sort of bypassing the go-karts and they're, they're starting up in more advanced classes? Yeah, like, like the class you're in. Um, yeah. Well, like our classes, they start, you know, the mental age is starting out at eight years old. Um, we got a lot of young people that's in our, our division that, I mean, you're going to see their names in, up there in NASCAR and Crash and Truck Series and everything. I almost guarantee it. Um, but it, it's just, it's, it's phenomenal watching how some of these kids can come out there and get get in these cars. And after, you know, three or four races, we got one one young gentleman, uh, uh, Jordan Martin, that drives number 55 car. He's only been with us for maybe, you know, 10 races maybe, if that. And, I mean, this, this kid's come out from not ever being in anything, jumping into this thing, and he's doing a phenomenal job now. How old is he? Uh, he's eight years old. Well, one thing that I like about this class is, you know, we, we, we talk about it quite a bit, you know, the kids in racing today and what do you think about them. And, you know, there's mixed feelings that people have. And I stick by what I say is, you know, it's great that they're racing, but I think that it's good that it, there's time spent in different levels of racing before you go get into a late model or some of these guys are in a truck series. And 
um, that way it, it gives you a, a period of uh, almost like going to school, you know, steps where you learn. And uh, you learn a lot in these cars that you guys have because they are just, what is the scale size of a regular car to them? Uh, the mini cups are basically half scale to a full size car. Uh, like, like uh, you know, your audience heard from last week, you know, we run a uh, 390 Honda GX390 motor, which is almost 400 cc's. We beef them up to where these cars are making over 20-something horsepower. Um, it, it, it's just phenomenal. It's a great stepping stone for some of these kids that are getting started into it. Not really to the point of mentioning someone that's, you know, like a kid, but last year we got started. We had a four-car team at the beginning of the year last year when we started running. And uh, one of our drivers, we actually, one car dropped out throughout the year, and three cars we were running strong, finished second, third, and fourth in the points. Uh, young girl that we had running from us, Jen Crossman, she finished second in points. And uh, I actually just found out tonight um, by talking to them, she just got a driver's, uh, I guess they're called diversity driver's uh, program with uh, Lafferty Motorsports. Well, that's good. So that'll provide her some uh, extra racing money, hopefully. Uh, that well, basically, um, I didn't get too far in detail with them and everything, but it's it's basically a, a diversified program where you know they get her started in it and everything. They they race everything from uh, late models up to Craftsman Truck Series. So, how do you become driver of the year, sir? Lots of hard work, lots of working, and uh, this year it seemed like a lot of wrecking. A lot, a, lot, of, a lot of wrecking involved? A lot of wrecking. <laughs> but a lot, a lot of it had to do with a lot of consistency uh, this year. The first year we were into it, we raced about a half a season. We finished 14th in points. Uh, last uh, last year we raced pretty pretty much three-quarters of the year. We finished fourth in points. And then uh, this year here we raced every race except for one, uh, just being consistent on it. Um, and that's what won us the championship this year. Well, from the gruesome section of the, of the show here, Take us through one of those wrecks. What's it like to, like, really crash up one of these little cars? It's like uh, being in a Budweiser can hitting the wall. Oh. Well, I can tell you this much. We had, we had, I had two, two real big, nasty ones this year here. Um, our first race of the year in Ocala there, uh, coming out the old treacherous turn four there. Um, it was even a qualifying. It wasn't even the actual race itself. We come out of there uh, sitting in third spot during our heat race, and the car was hooking up so good, and, I was told later that I guess another car dumped some oil or something on the track, and I guess we got into it on turn four, whacked the wall, uh, wide open, hit the wall, and the car came to a dead stop. I ended up cracking two ribs, which, you know, not what you want to tell most people about it, but that's probably about the serious, most serious injury I've seen since I've been racing in it. Ah, so Rick was lying to us last week. There is people that have been hurt. Uh, <laughs> very rarely, very rarely. Well, but it's a reality uh, that, you know, yeah, especially these, uh, the reality of racing and something, you know, when people are new getting into racing, need to know that it's, these things well, can happen. Well, you know, come on, I broke two ribs cleaning my boat. Hey, I tell you this, I broke two ribs. You have a boat? Two weeks yeah, well, he has a boat. Out of the car. What's that? I'm sorry. I said, I said, the reality is you take that, you take those risks when you get into that car. And I, w- I cracked two ribs. Two weeks later, I was back in another car over in Charlotte and ended up starting dead last and coming to third for the finish. So, so tell me, uh, uh, Jerry, uh, when do the figure eights start with these things? Uh, we won't. I don't think we'll be doing any figure eights. Figure eights with yeah, you these. Know, <laughs> oh, my seriously, goodness. Jerry. We're, 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 Come on. 
we're kind of, we're kind of hoping that uh, put some money up there. They'll do it. Hey, how much money would it take? Yeah, how much money would it take for what you kind guys of purse to run? Do figure you need eight? to do? Run I mean, really, eight? you guys just have to put on a show. Is what it is. It has to be a show. It has to be organized. Right. People would, would get, pay. I will get in one of these cars and run a figure eight race if someone puts up the money to fix the car when it's wrecked. Well, let me tell you what. I wouldn't be concerned about the car getting fixed when it's wrecked, son. He's practical. He's practical. <laughs> Jerry, you know what we're hoping for, man, is we want to see like this thing evolve. Because Susan and Rick obviously have done a, a very good job, and, and we really want to see it evolve. So, like, evolve so to point maybe maybe by the end of next year we can have, like, 20. Yeah, it would be 28, cool. 30 car feels because everybody I talk to says, you know, if there was like 30 of them out there, how cool would that be on the quarter miles and three eighths miles? That know? would be cool. Yeah, as a, as a driver's point, I, I mean, that, that would be just phenomenal. It would be awesome to have that many cars out there at one time. Right. So, so what do these cars cost? What, what can you get started in this deal with a half decent car? You know, where you're not going to run in the back of the pack all the time. Yeah, with a half-decent car right now on the market down here in Florida, a used car, you can get them anywhere from um, about $35,000, $4,000 right in that area up to, you can pay up to $6,500 for one for a real good one. How about yours that you just won the championship with? How much? How much would I sell that one? Yeah. He stalled it. He stalled it. Selling that one, it'd probably go for about $5,500. Well, there you go, folks. If you're listening out there and you want to get started, this is a Justin from Bonehead right here, I'll tell you. Told people before, you want to get into racing into a series, and you don't want to go buy something brand new, you go find the points champion, and you ask him what he wants for the car that he raced all that season, Mm -hmm. and I guarantee you, he'll be so happy that you recognized him being somebody that's, you know, did well, and he'll sell your car at a good deal, and I guarantee you, he'll help you out with that car when you buy it. So that's a good idea. Somebody needs to buy his car from him. What do you think, Jerry? No, no one's buying this car. This car will be back on the track next year. <laughs> hey, Jerry, do you have a, a web page maybe that you'd like our listeners to know about so they can uh, come and check out? Yeah, our, our web page is uh, wizard, W-I-Z-A-R-D-motorsports.com. And off of that one, you can branch off to all of our sponsors. Like, you know, we have different sponsors on ours. Our main sponsor for the number six car is Make-A-Wish Foundation. Um, we also have, like, Motor Tab, Green Industrial Export. Metcalf Marine Exhaust, BP Motorsports, Celebrate Your Man. I mean, I have numerous others that I can sit here all night and just sit there and brag them off on. Well, okay, if we gave you 20 seconds to go ahead and say something, what would you say to every fo- everybody out here? Uh, my best thing is if you're looking for the best uh, best fun for your money and everything, the Mini Cups are definitely the way to go. Uh, if you got a young racer out there that's trying to get into it, I mean, this far, far beyond the carts. Not that I want to take away from the carts, but... I mean, far beyond. It's a great learning experience, great way to get you in there. You learn a lot of fundamentals about the cars and everything. It's just an awesome time out there. Wizard Motorsports, huh? Yes, sir. That's right, the wizard. Uh, The wizard, okay. (laughs) I'd like to hear some more of that music, but we'll do it when we go to break. Uh, (laughs) Jerry, it sounds great, man. Congratulations on uh, being the champion and being the driver of the year. And... um, what tracks will we see you at in 2008? Uh, 2008, we're going to be in um, we'll be in DeSoto. Oh, Arbondale is going to be our main track, our home track now. Uh, we're going to be racing down in uh, Charlotte County, and hopefully a few other ones will be coming on board here soon. Uh, but if you really want to see the Mini Cups in action, uh, still got one more race this year. You can see us that's December 14th over there in Orlando Speed World for the uh, Helmick Trucker 200. All right. Well, that's okay. great, Jerry. Uh, 
appreciate you coming on the show with us, and uh, we'll have you on again sometime. I really do appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Thanks, All right. Jerry. Folks, if you ever want to see some uh, really good racing with these uh, with a good series, you know, think about it. this series. They cover a lot of tracks, Jack. I like that. You know, they're all over the place. Mm-hmm. So, they're mini cups. They're half the size of a regular car. What do you say? They got four hundred cc motor. You know why? You know motor. why? Don't you? Because yep. uh, Susan and Rick, remember we we talked to them. Yeah, last week. Right. Yeah. They're out there greasing a lot of palms, man. Let me tell you. Yeah, I hope that's all they're greasing. Let's go to break. Play that song. What was that song you just were going to play? With the harmonica. That was pretty cool. I wish you'd stay on top of it. You're, like, terrible for a producer. Absolutely (laughs) terrible. We'll be right back, folks. So it's time to move up to five-star race car bodies. Five-star race car bodies designs and manufactures the highest quality race car body components. Short tracks, drag strips, road courses, and even in the desert, five-star has one driving passion, to help you win. Five-star race bodies designs and manufactures for NASCAR, Grand Am, NHRA, IHRA, SCCA, Short Track Asphalt, Short Track Dirt, USAC, USAR, Hooters Pro Cup, and the ASA Late Model Series. Find out more today at fivestarbodies.com. When purchasing a technical product like brakes, there is no substitute for quality and experience. In the performance industry, no one has more experience than the Brakeman. The Brakeman has been designing high-performance solutions for a variety of applications for almost 40 years. The current products from the Brakeman are among the most advanced on the market. The Tornado calibers are the only calibers in the performance industry to carry a U.S. patent number and their new line of pads and rotors. The Brakeman Super Brakes are solving brake problems on hard-use vehicles, from police cars to ambulances and a variety of fleet vehicles. So if you're towing a trailer, carrying heavy loads, or just plain want to extend the life and stopping power of your vehicle, it's time to go the Brakeman. 
on the web at thebreakman.com. Bud Light presents Real Men of Genius. Real Men of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. Pro Sports Heckler Guy. Mr. Pro Sports Heckler Guy. They say those who can't play coach. Apparently those who can't coach sit 30 rows back, shirtless, shouting obscenities. Oh, that's right, mother Thanks to you, our team is armed with game-winning tips like catch the ball and throw it. Shout it out loud. You stink. That sucks. What a bunch of losers. Not just catcalls, but subtle psychological ploys to prod your team to victory. Reverse psychology. So here's to you, old Sultan of Shouting, because while there may be no I in team, thanks to you, there's always an F and a U. Bud Light Beer, and I suppose St. Louis, Missouri. Oh, yeah. That's that wasn't one of the cool songs I was talking about. It's the coolest song, dude. <laughs> Are you kidding me? It seems like it's really loud. It if really it's nice. too loud, you're too old, Rob. And, and dukish. Right. It's it really <laughs> dukish. Get with the program. Um, hey, uh, we and forgot to say, you know, we were talking about the Tuesday night show. The Wednesday night show, Straight Lining with Stevie. Uh, Scotty Cannon. Scotty Cannon, man. It don't get no better now. Yeah, Wednesday night, ASA Fast Lane with Jacob Good. Good? Good? What do you say? Goody, 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 Goody. Goody. Goody, that's right. And uh, he'll be live from uh, the PRI show. Well, he won't be live from the PRI show. We will be. Oh, we will. Okay. All right. I'm just. Uh, but back to brass tacks here. Yeah, brass tacks. He had a bunch of big races this weekend. One of them was the Snowflake, the, pr- the thing that precedes the. Uh, Snowball and Ryan Crane was on uh, earlier in the year with us and talked about winning this race and uh, uh, what it would be like. Well, he won the Snowflake. Welcome back to Inside Florida Racing, Ryan. Hey, thanks. Glad to be back on here. Yeah, I listened to that interview we did with you back in uh, September. And uh, imagine this, Rob. Yeah. He needed somebody, he really, this is serious, he, he needed somebody to, to work with him. So he went, he called up Wayne Anderson because he liked Wayne Anderson. And Wayne said, Kid, I don't have time, <laughs> but try this number. Who'd you call, Ryan? Mike called Mike Garvin. He uh, gave me the phone number there, and I've been with Mike ever since. It's been about two years now. Yeah, worked out for you, huh? Sure has. Yeah, so couple tell us the last couple of years with him. Yeah, so so tell us now. You won the, the 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 Blizzard Championship too. Did you win that? We tied for it, and then um, they gave it to. Uh, the guy I tied with because he won more races throughout the year. That's not fair. You should have had a race off. That's what I was thinking. Ten laps, winner take all. Yeah, that would have worked. No, they just, uh, that's the, the way they had to decide it because we both tied and uh, he had more race wins and they gave it to him. So it's unfortunate for us, but well, you know, you, you, he was strong all year long too. Well, you won one of the big ones that really counted, that's for sure. Oh, sure did. The, the snowflake's one you, you go for all year long, the snowflake, the snowball. So that got you in the snowball, didn't it? Do what? What's that now? Does the snowflake, when you win that, does that give you an automatic trip into the uh, snowball derby? No, it gives you a trip back into the snowflake next year. Oh, okay. So tell us about the race. Sprint race. It's about like a sprint race. It's only 100 laps where the snowball is a 300 lapper. Right. Yeah, so so tell us about the race, man. Um, Race went well. I actually had to race a last chance race to even get into things. I took in, uh, we qualified 33rd, just had a bad qualifying effort. And uh, got in the last chance race, won it. That put us starting 32nd in the main race. 
and just worked our way up from there. Wow. Took us 100 laps to, well, 96 laps to get to lead. Wow, that's wow, that's, that's called impressive. the hard the hard charger and the winner and everything all wrapped up in one. <laughs> I think I, yeah, I could have stole the show there. But it took me four to go to get to lead, and once we got there, we we're cruising. So let me ask you something. Did you race in the uh, Snowball Derby? Yeah, I sure did. I qualified 12th for it. How'd you uh, finish in that? We actually led a lot, couple of laps, um, ran in the top five most of the day until we uh, got in a crash with some lap cars. The light, right around lap 200 knocked us out. What kind of what kind of car uh, what kind of motor program do you have in your car? Uh, motor programs I got Progressive Engines. They're out of uh, Miami. All right. Yeah, run well, all four stuff. Well, that's very interesting. So let me ask you this: When you won that snowflake race, did you think you know what? I just might win this damn whole damn thing tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, we were gunning for it, especially we got out there in the snowball. We started twelfth, worked our way up. Got to fifth, fourth, you know, then pulled in the second. Then I took the lead and was like, man, this is going pretty good for us. We got one more stop left, and uh, we were going to make our stop around lap 250. We were waiting and because uh, we had a good shot at that thing. Unfortunately, we had to get knocked out that early. Hey, Ryan, you know that uh, that Bush guy, he won't return our calls. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, uh, I haven't, been able, I haven't been able to get in touch with Mr. Waters. I'm still, still haven't given up on Mr. Waters. What happened with that deal, man? I don't know. Them, uh, them guys, neither one of them made the show. They had to run the last chance race with both them cars. Because they were cheating. <laughs> they were cheating. Both of them had different infractions there after they come in. I think one of them was too low on roof height, and one of them was too light on, on the weight, total weight. You know, we hear a lot about the tech shed over there. Is it really a tough place? I mean, it sounds like it is. I mean, they didn't let the NASCAR guys even race, but um, tell us about the tech deal there. Um, Ricky Brooks is a great guy. I think he makes it all where we have a a fair playing field. You know, he's tough, but he gives you plenty of time um, prior to the race, prior to qualifying, you know, to make sure your stuff is right. Right. Um, Well, actually, we had a whole day Wednesday of nothing but tech, you know, to make sure you could get your car right. So, um we were able to slide right through, but yeah, he is, uh, it says it in the on paper, that's what he's going by. He ain't allowed no tolerances. Well, at least that makes it fair for everybody, as long as he treats everybody and uses the same stick. He sure does. I mean, whether it's a 16th of an inch or a whole inch difference in your roof height, he's, you know, if you're off, you're off. You're out. So, so how, many, how many laps of that race did you lead? Uh, I think we led about 20 or 30 in the Derby. In the other race, I mean. In the snowflake race that I won, I only led uh, four laps. Wow. That's cutting it close, man. Yeah, it was. I think we, uh, like I said, we started 32nd. And it, I guess it took us till about lap 40 to get inside the top 10. And just, I think we had to pass every car out there, it seemed like. Yeah. Hey, uh, how old are you, Ryan? I'm 24 now. 24? How long have you been racing? Uh, I've been in these weight months since I've been 16, so. Since you've been 16, where are you from? Panama City, Florida. Panama City. So you didn't have to drive far to get to the race, did no, you? It took me about two hours to get there. It wasn't too bad. You still, you still, uh, with all the success you're having, this just keeps putting law school further and further into the future. Really. <laughs> it is. It keeps pushing it off. Yeah. Um, I, I like this race, and I really hope I can make my way on up further. You know, hopefully make it into the Bush or next Hill Cup stuff. So, what do you think it's going to take for you to do something like that? Besides, just we, find you a sponsor. <clears throat> sponsor, and if we can keep winning races, I think I may have a good shot. But I just gotta, you know, be able to keep pulling off, you know, the bigger races because that's the only thing that's gonna get us there. So you're a nice looking young man. 
I think I look good. Okay, well, you got to be able to sell stuff. You know, that's the way you're going to be a NASCAR driver one day. You got to be able to sell products for your company. And uh, well, wait, does he have a website we can pull up? I can take a look at the picture, and I can. Yeah, what's I your website? The, I can be the judge if he's a nice-looking young man. All look right. what you got yourself into, right? Dot <laughs> com. What is it? What is it? Ryan Crane Ten. Dot com. Ryan Crane Ten. Dot com. Okay. Let's, Let's see it, it Jack. I want to see it. Um, I want to so, take a look at it. So, you know, if you have aspirations for, for being in NASCAR or being in Bush, obviously it takes a sponsor. Do you have any friends in your family that have a huge business that uh, people nationwide would need to see? Now, look at him. He certainly is a nice-looking young man, isn't he? <laughs> yes, he is. He's a very nice-looking uh, young man. Yeah, do you have Ryan, any? Uh, Ryan, it looks like you passed the test. You, you passed the C.C. Okay. Brooks test here. Nice-looking car. Is that a Ford? Yeah, Ford Fusion. So does Ford help you out at all when you? Uh, no, not at all. Now, now, even now, wait a minute. Now, did you? There's no kind of contingency awards or anything for winning that big race. No, it sure wasn't. Just first. You should be running a Chevrolet or maybe Toyota. Everything's going to go to Toyota, you know. So you may as well jump on that bandwagon now while you can. Think Progressive can build you a Toyota motor? I'm sure he probably could. Well, well. I'm sure he would. What's up? What's up next, Ryan? Um, I'll be in Lakewood oh. in the end of January. The North versus South shootout, huh? That's it. I'm going to represent the South. All that's right. A, south to rise. That's a good idea. Yeah. Actually, going to, they're going to have two races there. They're going to have the, like the ASA style cars and our Super Lightman cars. So I plan on racing, you know, two races there on that weekend. Yeah. So you're cool. racing both of those cars. What do you think about the difference between the two, getting in one and in the other? Uh, at Lakeland, it's got to be, like, huge difference. Yeah, driving them, yeah. big difference. But a place like Five Flags, it uh, speed wise, there's not much difference. I mean, once you get a couple laps on your tires, then on the stopwatch, they're identical speed. Yeah, that's what I hear. It's uh, smaller motors better in that 300 lapper, especially. <laughs> it sure is. I mean, the smaller motor um, helps you out there on with the way the track surface is, but um, they're totally different driving. I mean, there's two different driving machines. Yeah, how how bad were the tires this year? Uh, it's not like it always is since school. You got 20 laps, they're good. Then you got to hold on for till you get new ones. <laughs> yeah. About lap five, you're, you're getting ready to holler for some more. About lap 20, you're screaming. Hey, congratulations on the big win, man. And uh, we will certainly see you in uh, in Lakeland in uh, January. We always go up there and cover that race and uh, look forward to it. Good deal. I plan on being there. Hey, make uh, sure the South win this time. That's right. Keep, yeah. keep the South winning there. Hey, Ryan, appreciate you being on Inside Florida Racing, and uh, we'll see you at Lakeland. Hey, thanks, guys, for having me on. All right. There you go, Ryan Crane, winner of uh, the Snowflake 100. And, uh, you know, he ran pretty good there in the Derby, it sounds like. And, um, yeah, you know, uh, 300 laps is tough, CC. Let me tell you, um, it's not the fastest car wins there because you don't need a bunch of motor there. Um, 300 laps a long time, and you can't be pitting every 20 laps. you got to hold on. only pit it twice. It don't even help to be a NASCAR star. Well, it has to be smart driving. Absolutely. And and really paying attention to the other drivers around you so you avoid the accidents. And and I would think, you know, um, measuring out, you know, when you're going to take your your pits and pitting at the right time. Pit strategy. So there's probably a lot of communication between driver and uh, their pit team. Yeah, and secretive, uh, keeping it away from the other people. Mm-hmm. How many how many pit stops did they make, uh, Jack? I don't know. 
You weren't in the race. I well, well, well let's see. We'll it, find it, out it, tomorrow it, night. But meanwhile, is this in the four hundred? There's a mandatory two. We got the jet here. Sprint. We got the Kurt jet. Kurt Jet. He he was on the. Did he win the modified race? I know he was on the pole. Did he win it? How bad did you win it, man? Kurt? I'm here. There yeah. you are. Welcome to the Inside Welcome. Florida Racing Kurt. So did you whip them pretty good, or what's the story? Uh, we I lost the lead for a couple laps, but other than that, we held on for, I don't know, probably 70 laps, and I think we had a four- or five-car length lead when we took the checkered. Congratulations. And waltz through tech, right? Actually, Ricky Brooks let us off easy. He put us on the scales and told us, let's go. So well. we're thankful for that because he caught us in the late model. We only got one lap. You what? <laughs> I wondered why I didn't see your name racing. What happened? Uh, tread width was a quarter inch too wide, and we had to fix it, so we only got one lap. Oh, and the qualifying? Oh, what are you talking about? Your rims are too wide? Yes, sir. The front tread width, they measure from wheel outside rim to rim, and it was a quarter inch too wide. Well, what's up with that? What, are you cheating? Come on, man. <laughs> quarter inch ain't really going to get anything, but... Yeah, I hear they're really strict there. You know, that's one thing in, in, in reading and uh, over the years, they always have been. Um, and they'll snatch your trophy away for uh, less than three pounds. How, how many modifieds uh, showed up for that race, Kurt? I think there was 48. 48 open wheel bad boys. So there is nice. 48 modifieds in the state of Florida. Well, it they're in true. the south. They're in the south somewhere. Well, that's not too far south. They were in north Florida. Way north Florida. Yeah. Way, way. Don't you hate that drive from here? It's terrible. I, I-10 is the most boringest road ever. Yeah, it's like uh, whoever paved that just didn't have anything else to do. So, so they're four- <laughs> so forty For a lifetime. So forty-eight cars came and uh, what? Would you do, have to qualify? Did you qualify good? I set the pole by a full tenth. Well, that's pretty good. Whose car are you driving there? Is that your car? It's mine. It's uh, we got it from Jimmy Cope. Uh, I ran the modified race in Lakeland at the very beginning of this year, so I just got it the week before that. And you raced modifieds before you got into the late models, right? Yes, sir. I raced them probably eight, nine months. Yeah, you were you you had the veteran experience of the modified first, right? Yeah, that was my first win, though, so it was pretty. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. So what do you think about the modifieds? Um, you know the difference between racing a modified and your uh, late model because they're a pretty nimble, light car. Uh, it's a lot different. The guys in the modified, they have a harder time racing you for position. They want to put the bumper to you, whereas in late models, you know, they want to race you for it. They want to say that they beat you. Right. So and it's just totally different. You know, I almost got seven hundred fifty horsepower in my modified on an eight inch tire. Versus my late model on 12 inch, so. Isn't that a little dice? 12, 12 and a quarter. <laughs> 12 and a quarter. That was good. Yeah, well, you know, that is kind of ridiculous how that works out, but, uh, well, uh, <laughs> it, it's crazy, you know, they, they, they need more, they need the car count all they want, but they got cars that aren't even coming up there because they're so crazy in their tech department, but, you know, as long as they do it for everybody, I guess that's okay. Um, so, uh, who was some of your competition that you had up there? I didn't really know anybody there. The only person I knew was Kevin Terry, and I think he fell out early. But other than that, I really didn't know anybody. You mean none of, none of the, the guys that race modifieds around Florida normally 
didn't show up? They were Georgia dogs, I'll guarantee you. They didn't show up, Kurt? Georgia, Alabama. The only person I knew was Kevin Perry. You were the only one of the guys with the guts, the courage, and the car to go do it, and you took the money. I guess. Well, Florida boy, congratulations! Congratulations! Yeah, congratulations! Um, no doubt we're gonna have to get on some of them. Seven hundred and fifty horsepower in that modified. That was where was Robbie oh, Cooper yeah. and all them guys? Wow! Robbie Cooper was there watching. Uh, I thought he was gonna be the big dog. He told me earlier this season he was going to that thing to be the big dog. He knew Kurt was there. His mm-hmm. car must be broke. Well, that's my girlfriend's dad. He's, I guess he's just relaxing for the rest of the year. He didn't really feel like racing. Oh, so we can't talk bad about him then. <laughs> we, not that we would anyway. <laughs> we just can't. <laughs> but, uh, so what was the experience like, man? What was the weekend like? It was good because I've led a couple laps, you know, and a couple big races here and there. But, you know, it's not really enough to where you get good at leading laps. And that was really good for me because Pensacola is a hard place to keep tires on anyway. And I did a good job just saving tires, saving tires to the very end. So it was actually good for me to be able to lead that many laps and run that good. Yeah, and there's a few people there to watch, too, huh? There were quite a few. Some people left after the late model race, but there was still a pretty big crowd there. Yeah, I was told uh, there was like 10,000 or so for the for the Derby, and uh, there were good crowds uh, for, for the day before, too. There were people parking... I don't know, maybe a mile down the road walking. They had to free trams and stuff, giving people rides from the fairgrounds to the racetrack just to be able to get there. They had 57 late models. That's what I noticed. 57 late models tried to make it in. Yes, sir. There was a bunch of them. 33, I think they started. Is that right, Jack? Or 39? So what are you going to do next year? 39. 39? Yep. What are you going to do next year, man? Uh, I think we're going to go late model racing. Uh, I'm going to travel out of state a lot more, try to go to Winchester next year, back up to Nashville. I had a pretty decent race car up there, just caught a lot of bad luck. And I'm going to go to North Carolina, and back. I'm going to go back and try to make the snowball. I uh, bought a brand-new late model to go to the snowball and didn't really get a grip on it good enough to go to the snowball. With it. Well, you're gonna, you're gonna, where are you going to race in North Carolina? Uh, we're going to go to Hickory for one of the past south races. Yeah, we're there. Uh, we wanted to go to Greenville Pickens this year, but we didn't get a chance to go, so we'll probably hit it next year. So you're just gonna pick and choose series or races. You're not gonna go run anybody's series or anything. No, sir. We're just gonna go to the big, bigger races out of state. Try going. I'm gonna run Speed Fest in January in Lakeland, and I'll run the Triple Crown races there. Yeah, and I'm gonna run the, the Blizzard Points. See, uh, end up in the Blizzard Point over in Pensacola. Oh, okay. Do you got to change your car around to run at all these different uh, places, or uh, what, what, how do they run for super late models there? Uh, my super late model, we change a lot because we run bumps and different springs everywhere we go. But my modified, it seems like I take it everywhere with the, almost the same thing, and it's fast. So, what motor you run in your car? Uh, you got progressive. Uh, I bought a McGonagall spec, and that's the one that I ran in uh, Pensacola. So the spec motor that they have there is basically the same thing as what a progressive spec motor is, the same rule anyways? Pretty much, except uh, my progressive that I had, it uh, a McGonagall has less bottom end on it. Like when you say you're in Pensacola, you know you got to save tires, save tires, save tires till the end. McGonagall has 
real low bottom end. So when you get on the throttle, you got to get on it hard because it's just don't have any motor off the corner, but it's so good there and off and everywhere you go that, I mean, you can win races with it. Right. You'll run that at Lakeland too? Uh, no, sir. I got a Ford being built for Lakeland. Why? I need a power plant. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You, you think the spec motors are out to lunch there with these guys with these uh, $40,000 uh, flat tops, huh? Uh, not lately. <laughs> uh, they ran, uh, what, were the top four in Lakeland last time were progressives, and then New Smyrna just went to, or uh, progressive went to New Smyrna and won down there, too, with uh, Jeff Chiquette. Yeah, that's right. Do you get in there and work on these cars a lot? Yes, sir, every day after school. How'd you learn all this stuff? Uh, I didn't really, I raced go-karts, and that's a lot different from a race car, but we bought a modified, and I raced modifieds, and then we bought a late model from Chris and Jay Middleton. Yeah. And uh, so then we hired Chris, and Chris really taught us a lot on it. He does most of the stuff, though. Mm, Okay. Hey, Kurt, um, for any of our listeners out there that would like to learn more about you, um, do you have a website they can go and visit? No, ma'am, I don't yet, but uh, we're working on it. Not even a MySpace, Kurt. I had a MySpace, but I'm still in, I'm only in the 11th grade, so there's a lot of high school drama and stuff going on, so I was like, eh, it ain't worth it. Okay. 11th grade. How well, old when, are you? Uh, 16. That's the 16 point I was, years old. that was what I was getting at earlier. How did you learn all this stuff? You're sitting here talking about these motors. And I thought stuff. you were twenty. You, yeah, you yeah had, we were thinking twenty you, twenty-one. Just so you know, you had Rob Bonehead here, totally buffaloed, man. He thought he was talking to some old fart. Because you know, you know I haven't met you. I've only seen you at the racetrack when we're on the racetrack with helmets on. So I can't tell what you look like. So <laughs> how did you learn all this stuff about the motors and stuff? Just by working on them with people? Just looking at them and uh, Dan O'Connell. Uh, I got his Chevrolet in my Port City. And he's the one building me my Ford. Uh, really nice guy. He spends a lot of time with us on motors and stuff. And it's just stuff that I hear here and Chris worked on and stuff. I just pay attention to it and pick up on it. Yeah, Dan does a great job. He's been building motors for many years for many great racers cool. in the state of Florida. Oh, yeah, Dan's the great, nicest guy you'll ever meet. Well, Kurt, we got to go. I appreciate you spending time with us on Inside Florida Racing. Go ahead, CC. Very nice to meet you. And, uh, well, you sound like a, a young man with a big future in racing, and good luck. Thank you. Thanks for having me. See you in January, man. Okay, thank you. Hey, and you better watch out for Robbie Cooper. Oh, yeah. He's got a big shotgun. <laughs> man, you are bad. Well, did you hear he threw that in there that he has to be careful because he goes out with Robbie Cooper's daughter? And then I started thinking, well, he must be young, 16 years old, man. He's got all kinds of racing experience. Amazing. And he doesn't sound like he's 16. He sounds like a very mature young man. Well, there goes everything I thought about kids and racing. Got that head on his shoulder. We'll be back in a few minutes. We're going to come back with Robbie Helm. Robbie Helm. Who else? Who else? Outlaw Street Gary Stops, Gary LeBlanc. Big Daddy. Big, Big Daddy. Daddy Dave Pletcher coming up around 8.30. The one thing that I have found, at least through my years, is that no different than what you guys talked about, no different than what I've been talking about or anybody else talks about, we've got to self-support our sport and, and not talk you know, yes, we can have problems, we can have complaints, we can have, you know, officials we know are going to make a few mistakes and sore drivers, and there's only going to be one winner. But to generate our sport, I think we're going to have to continue talking positively about it 
and not necessarily turning off that new fan because that new fan is a new generation that liked computers. And, and you know, maybe they're not out working on their own car. They're taking it to Jiffy Lube and not changing the oil like we did or, you know, or anything like that. So I guess my, my soapbox would be internally, I think all of us, no matter how upset we may become, we need to keep pushing our sport and making it a positive tone. Are you ready to win? If so, it's time to move up the five-star race car bodies. Five-star race car bodies designs and manufactures the highest quality race car body components. Short tracks, drag strips, road courses, and even in the desert, five-star has one driving passion to help you win. Five-star race bodies designs and manufactures for NASCAR, Grand Am, NHRA, IHRA, SCCA, Short Track Asphalt, Short Track Dirt, USAC, USAR, Hooters Pro Cup, and the ASA Late Model Series. Find out more today. 5starbodies.com Yeah, I was just uh, sitting here playing my guitar. You are so talented. I know, man. Enjoying life. Yep. My man over there is working on getting Mr. Robbie Helm on the helm. Um, we're talking about the East Bay Late Model Show. Nice. Moved my family away from my Carolina home. Had dreams about twist and started to roam. So is that the kind of music you wanted, man? Hey man, I don't care as long as it's music, well, man. Anything's better. We take requests. Inside Florida, race. Inside Florida, indoors. I request some doors. Okay. Let's talk dirt late models with uh, Mr. Roby Helm. Welcome Ooh, to Inside Florida. In the dirt. Welcome to Inside Florida Racing, Roby. Hey, thank you. What's going on Hello. this weekend at East Bay, man? Oh man, we got a lot going on this week. We just finished up our final points race of the season on Saturday night at uh, Columbus, Mississippi. Uh, we're going to honor our 2007 and two-time StormPay.com Dirt Lake Model Series National Champion David Earl Gentry on Wednesday night at the Embassy Suites in Tampa. That'll kick off our week, and uh, you pick up a check for twenty thousand dollars, a brand new GM Performance 604 engine, and a brand new master-built race car. And then we'll get ready after we honor our top ten in national points and our top six in our three uh, weekly racing series regions. Going to head out to East Bay Raceway Park, and we've got the third annual Great Racing USA World Championship race. 100 laps, $10,000 to win coming up this Friday and Saturday night out at East Bay. How many cars do you reckon are going to show up for that? We are expecting over 100 race cars. This thing has grown by leaps and bounds every year, and this is only the third year. Uh, we were in the uh, car count in the 60s the first year, then it jumped up into the 90s last year, and we're expecting over 100 this year from all over the country, not just the top uh, crate late model drivers in the country, but some of the super late model drivers going to try to come in and take some of that big money, uh, including the... Uh, uh, defending World 100 champion Jimmy Owens. He won the first World Championship race at East Bay back in 2005. Then he won that big uh, World 100 Super Late Model race at Eldora Speedway this year. And then we've got uh, Randy Cordy, the defending uh, East Bay World Championship winner. He'll be coming back to defend his title. Plus David Earl Gentry, Jay Blair, our national championship runner-up. Uh, Chip Brindle out of Chatsworth, Georgia. He was our 2007 Rookie of the Year. Had three wins on the season. 
One of those came back in February at East Bay Raceway Park. And then we've also got Shannon Buckingham from Morristown, Tennessee. Uh, he has grown out from the uh, StormPay.com Dirt Late Model Series into Super Late Model Racing. And he was the second quick qualifier, started on the outside front row at the World 100 there at Eldora in uh, September. He's got three wins on the season, and two of those came back in February to East Bay. So he's going to be tough, and he's got a new team underneath him, getting some help from Rusty Wallace Toyota out of Morristown, Tennessee. So we're uh, expecting him to be a front runner. So it's going to be a great show. It sounds like it. Yeah, all kinds of racers going to be there, and uh, I think our buddy Sean Smith's going to try to come run that race. Yeah, Sean, is, he's run a couple of races with us this year. He's always a, a front runner. He had a great run back in February with us and uh, had a top five finish. So uh, he'll be a top contender. Of course, you got uh, Keith Nosbish, Jack Nosbish, David Schmoss, uh, Josh Peacock, and all the top drivers there at East Bay. All the hometown favorites. Local knowledge. Local knowledge. Oh, absolutely. Those guys know how to read those tide charts. <laughs> hey, Robbie, you know, I'm always talking to a good good friend of mine uh the old codger john barker oh yeah he's always asking about about you or, or telling stories about you one of the two Uh-oh, i'm in trouble now where where did you uh have anything to do with food oh you know it does <laughs> you know it does that's why he goes to the racetracks that's right <laughs> when uh when you were uh working out of town now where were you did you start announcing down here my first announcing job was at the old Golden Gate Speedway up off of Fowler Avenue back in uh, 1982. So you must have been friends with Don Narone. Absolutely. Uh, actually, I met Don out there at the racetrack. I was going to college at USF, Go Bulls. And yep. uh, uh, we went out there. I was a broadcast major and went out there, and they sent us out in the field to kind of do a story and all that stuff for a school project. And being from a racing family and being a big race fan, uh, I decided to go out to Golden Gate, and I told uh, uh, Don while we were doing, he said, sure, come on in, but I said, under one condition, and that is you've got to give me a copy of the tape. I said, no problem. So we went out there, we shot the footage, and uh, we were done, and they had one race left, and it was a Thunder Car race. Remember the old Thunder Cars? Oh, yeah. And uh, we were... Uh, sitting in the stands, and I said, fire that camera up. Let's shoot this race. I want to try something. The guy, My cameraman says, what's that? I say, hand me that microphone. I want to try to do some play-by-play. I'd never done it before. So he handed me the microphone, and the last lap of that Thunder Car race, here's some names that will ring a bell for Tampa fans, longtime Tampa fans. Jerry Rogers and David Schmoss were racing for the lead on the final lap, and they got together down at the end of the back straightaway, and, of course, Golden Gate did not have a guardrail or a wall. And uh, they both went sailing off the back straightaway, and uh, Jerry Rogers come walking up to the top of the racetrack, David Schmoss come up walking to the top of the racetrack, and then the car owner started pointing fingers at, uh, at Jerry Rogers, and Jerry Rogers commenced to uh, show us that right-hand sewing machine he's got. <laughs> He grabbed the guy, and they fell backwards. By the time they hit, from the time they their feet left the ground to the time their backs hit the ground, I think Jerry Rogers hit that guy about four or five times. <laughs> and uh, I went from announcing the race to going, it's a right, a left, a left uppercut, Howard Cosell, you, we need you. Uh, so anyway, we were having fun with that. Well, we got the tape together, and, 
and uh, we gave it to Don Narone, and I forgot that we'd put that part on the end on the tape. We forgot to take that off. And Don Narone watched that, and he heard that. Oh, he loved that, I'm sure. And he loved that. He called me up, and, and he says, yeah, I got your tape. And I says, oh, did you like it? He says, yeah, especially the last part. And I said, what was that? He said, oh, the fight. He said, man, that was good. <laughs> Well, that that was what racing, uh, what made racing racing back in those days. You oh, know, you had a little bit of uh, and, uh, he showmanship. Asked me if I'd like to come out and work with his announcer, which was Jack Miller, and I mean Jack Miller was one of my heroes. Sure, I used to go to the Knoxville Nationals and listen to Jack Miller announce. Great guy too. Oh, absolutely. So I got to work with Jack Miller, and and then uh, Dickie Edwards, who was the announcer at East Bay. He was a friend of my uncle's from the sprint car days. And uh, I, I got to meet Dickie, and Dickie had me uh, come out and help him on Saturday nights at East Bay. So I got to work with two of my heroes there, Jack Miller and, and Dickie Edwards. And as they say, the rest is history. And then after I graduated from college, I went to work at uh, DeSoto Speedway down in Bradenton uh, as their full-time PR guy and announcer. And it's where it all started. Pretty cool. Yeah, I was at uh, East Bay last year for the uh, for this big race coming up this weekend, and uh, look forward to it again. Uh, uh, it was the place was packed with cars and people, and uh, probably be the same way this year. What big race are they having this weekend? It's that's what we're talking about. The Storm Pay. Uh, pull it with me again. Go ahead, give it to them again, Rosie. Storm it's, it's, third it's, annual StormPay.com. Dirt Late Model Series World Championship race, 100 laps, $10,000 to win. There you go. See, he caught on. You caught on to what I wanted. Oh, I wanted to okay. hear it again. Okay. It's been a long day. I know, for all of us. Yes. I second that. <laughs> yeah, I had to put in a 24-hour day on Saturday. We left the house at 5 o'clock in the morning, worked the race at Columbus, Mississippi. And uh, by the time we get the press release out and everything, uh, after the race, it was like 5 o'clock the next morning when I got to bed. So then you got to check out and drive home five hours home. So it's, it's been a long few days. Now we're turning back around. We're leaving in the morning, coming to Florida. And uh, now what happens on Friday? And uh, run us through the weekend deal there. Okay. On Friday, we're going to have qualifying, and we will have heat races. And I tell you, that is probably going to be some of the action-packed racing that you're going to see all weekend. Because if we have over 100 cars, we were liable to have six 24-car heats, and only the top two are going to go on to the big show. How many are you going to run in the big? We'll run 26 cars in the 100-lapper. We'll have our B mains in the 100-lap main event on Saturday night. Now, for the folks that... uh Normally from south here, watching asphalt um, cars run, I know you've never seen a hundred of the same kind of cars show up, but believe it or not, at East Bay, it is a regular occurrence that happens, um, especially during speed weeks. You go there during speed weeks, doesn't Mm -hmm. matter whether the the big sprints, the small sprints, the the late models, the the modifieds, hundreds of cars show up. This is one, Cece, this is one you should go to. This this, This would be a good race to go see your first dirt late model absolutely race. Oh, absolutely you are gonna see i mean you're gonna see guys that are as big time as ken schrader and there's a deal in the works that we might get one of the bush brothers to come over and try one of these things well now they're gonna have to make the race <laughs> yeah now. they're having a hard time making the race because their cars have been a little illegal <laughs> here and there at places they've been showing up outside of nascar ranks we were just yeah. talking about all that with the snowball guys it was just funny stuff and uh you know you're going to see guys from nascar coming into this deal 
You're going to see the top super late model guys from around mm-hmm. the country come in for this. So you think o- O'Neill and Bloomquist and all those guys will think they'll show up? How about Earl Pearson? I don't know if you'll see Bloomer or uh, the Hurricane, but, uh, you know, you might see Don O'Neill down there because Don O'Neill was in a crate cart, Columbus, Mississippi, a couple of weeks yep. ago. Yeah, they call him the real deal, the Don O'Neill. The real deal from Martinsville, Indiana, and he runs strong yeah. in space. So if there's ten grand on the line, yeah. I wouldn't count him out. Yeah, he's won a lot of ten grand checks from East Bay. <laughs> what time does racing start Saturday night? Uh, I believe eight o'clock. Dickie Edwards used to say seven thirty o'clock. Yeah, that means eight. Yeah. Okay. Well, that sounds great, Roby. Uh, I appreciate uh, all the information, and uh, we got a big show tonight. We'll um, we've got to get going, but I appreciate you calling and uh, being with Inside Florida Racing. Well, it's good to be with y'all. We look forward to seeing. Yep, you we'll see. Weekend. We'll see Bye. you up there. Uh, Saturday night. We will see you there Saturday night, Roby. Okay. Thanks. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. There you have it, folks. That we've said it many times. You want to see a great show? Go to East Bay Raceway. Watch one of the dirt shows. Yeah, talk her into it while, um, while you I, got, know, I got a little thing if, coming if, up here. If you've only seen asphalt races, yes, um, so and you far said, "Well, you know, I don't want to go see dirt races. I'll get dirty." Well, don't sit in the first twenty rows. Just sit up a little bit. You won't get dirty, and you're going to really see some fantastic side by side sideways racing it's really I'm kind not of afraid to get dirty rob well you, you can get dirty let me tell you the front rows are always available <laughs> <laughs> and they got they they got a uh, great food there you know i'm not mm-hmm. saying that the other tracks that we deal with don't but they really have good food it's just a sit great down show. restaurant man that's yeah, a great show make beef jerky and sell it cool. there and now and that's just um the east bay track is but uh, outside of tampa to give town Give town. Give town. Give town. Give town. Give uh, Yes, it's just outside of Tampa. It's considered Hillsborough County, okay. which you'll see plenty of Hillsborough County sheriffs there because the sheriff's department and uh, them that East Bay, they have a great relationship. And uh, it's a very safe place. It's a great family-oriented place, you know. And uh, you're going to see some great racing there, obviously, with this uh, big late model show. Like we were talking about, 100 cars show up. And I know you folks out there can't really fathom it if you've never seen it. But really, truthfully, 100 cars will show up. And attempt to make a 26-car field. Wow. And, uh, you know, the competition in dirt is just unbelievable. You know, if you think about it, 100 cars are going to show up for this race. And there are 100 cars that are going to come from all over the place, you know, and and run for a 10,000 to win. Well, what's interesting is that we're talking about this because Saturday night um, people were sitting around me asking me about dirt tracks and and wanting to go to dirt tracks and... um, people out there who weren't super familiar with charlotte county motorsports park since they knew that's technically my home track they asked me if that was dirt yeah and they wanted to because they there's a you know people want to go to dirt track racing oh i guarantee you if bobby made that a dirt track if they put dirt over the top of that thing right oh my there, goodness we'd be fighting <laughs> to get in this close so many people as there. close to the interstate as it is uh, yeah might be something to think about bobby he's sure he's listening thinking well you know bonehead he's never said anything like that um <laughs> you know hey Something to think about. You know, there's sand on it most of the time anyway, so go well, ahead and throw some dirt out there. Well, it, it, they, I guess that would be a, it would be a, it'd be a change, and so some of the drivers would have to change, modify their vehicles. They wouldn't they? care. I mean, Gary with the Outlaw Street Stocks, he'd still run out there. They'd run them on dirt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, those Outlaw Street Stocks are great. They always put on a great show. And uh, do we have Gary on the line? No, we're not talking to Gary. We're going to talk to MJ Kane from uh, DeSoto Super Speedway. Hey. He's got a question for you. Go ahead. 
CC's got hey, a question MJ. for you. Hi, MJ. Hello, CC. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Um, I was actually coming in a little bit late this evening, and uh, I turned on as quick as I could. Uh-huh. And I wanted to see, did you enjoy yourself? Oh, MJ, I had a wonderful time Saturday MJ, night. she blubbered for 20 minutes. We couldn't <laughs> shut her up for the first you know, 20 minutes. Yeah, I, I, I talked about you and uh, my experience up there up on uh, on Kicks Country today, and then with the guys here tonight, been talking about it. Um, enjoyed myself immensely up at your track, and um, it was great finally getting to um, uh, meet face-to-face with David Steele and uh, met Charles Schultz and... Just everybody there at the track was great. I loved your uh, VIP sitting seating area. I was comfortable. I was sort of concerned at first about sitting through the 400 laps, but had a great time. I lo- abso- absolutely loved it, and I'm looking forward to coming back to your track again. Look forward to having you. Um, we had a great time. It was a great race. Um, you know, 33 cars, 33 wide was, uh, it was, was a heck of a start. Oh, it was. <laughs> it, it was outstanding. And I'll tell you, everybody around me was just having such a good time. They were did, loving did, it. And did you like the cannonball guy? Oh, yeah, Dave. Yeah, you know what? And I, I talked to Dave on Friday um, on Kicks Country when he called me down at the radio station, and I had him on the air. But, uh, yeah, that was great. The human cannonball was awesome. And, of course, see, I'm, I'm a Dodge girl, so I loved seeing those 18 Dodge cars and trucks. <laughs> so um, I had a great time, and uh, I really appreciate how well you took care of me Saturday night. Like I said, I'm looking forward to uh, coming back up and uh, checking out more racing up there. You have a very nice facility. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, we've got uh, we've got a little outside of the box, but we've got the uh, uh, the truck and tractor pull. Uh, it's our first truck and tractor pull at the Soda Super Speedway uh, mm-hmm. this, this Friday, uh, December. I'm sorry, Saturday, fifteenth. Yeah. 15th, yes. And uh, we're we're expecting a fairly decent sized crowd there. It's uh, the, the truck and tractor pull seemed to do uh, pretty well, so we're trying to mix it up a little bit at the track um, and offer a, you know a little extra things such as the cannonball, <laughs> um, not just the racing side of it, but uh, we're looking to entertain people. And I think and and that's what racing is. And I think you offered uh, Saturday night a nice round round well rounded evening for the families to come out. And everybody looked like they were having a good time. And I got to tell you, I was really impressed by you out there with your T-shirt cannon, with oh, your T-shirt yeah. gun, uh, <laughs> shooting off T-shirts. And of course, you put I, somebody's I, eye out. I didn't get one. Well, you know, we tried. Uh, I got to be honest. Um, that was my my first attempt, and I and to be perfectly honest, the first one that I shot, I was a little scared, if you will, because I wasn't sure whether I was going to shoot it into the parking lot or not uh-huh. over the fence. <laughs> So uh, it was the first time shooting the gun. Um, I was instructed uh, not uh, an hour before that, and the guy who, who actually loaned us the gun um, tried to hit the fence, and when he tried to hit the fence, it actually launched over the fence and over State Road 64 onto the other side. <laughs> so I didn't get a real good understanding for it, and then he handed me the gun and said, okay, you'll figure it out, and I went, um, okay. Well, so. it was a great time, and I'll tell you what, I really enjoyed myself, and I think you're probably going to be getting a phone call from me in the near future, calling up to let you know I want to come up and visit you all again. We'll look forward to it. Look forward to having you back again. Well, thank you so much, and hey, thank you so much for calling in this evening. It was my pleasure, and uh, thanks again, guys. You guys have a great show. All Good right. night, MJ. Good night now. Take care. There you have it. Sounds okay. like you made a little connection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 I'm making friends wherever I go, Well, Rob. yeah, at least you're getting around and you're going to some different tracks and seeing yeah. some different things. I was so proud to hear that you went and watched all 400 laps 
You know, it's hard to get females to concentrate on 400 laps of racing. <laughs> and you know, the, I didn't you know, see. You know, Rob, I couldn't agree more with that. Oh. I, I didn't see any of the females were racing in the race. I was hoping to see that some of your females were racing. I been was hoping that there. Wendy, uh, Wendy Mathis would have been there. 400 laps, she'd get dizzy. Oh, <laughs> please. She's a tough woman. Look at that wreck she survived at CCMP and. You know, she's she's a tough girl and a, a great driver and a wonderful person. But uh, no, speaking of time. CCMP, what, what's going on there this weekend? This Saturday night out at the Charlotte County Motorsports Park, we are going to have the return of the Green Mamba. Uh, we'll be melting down the Charlotte County Speedway Chevy Blazer. The eve of destruction. Um, this Saturday night, there's also there's Fast Trucks, Fast Kids, the Thunder Trucks, Road Warriors, Pro and Fab Four, as well as Mod Minis. And of course, the Eve of Destruction coming up, and we'll have a two days of uh, a night and day of Eve racing on the 29th and 30th. Okay, what's going on over there, Jack Guru? Gary Laplante with us. Well, one of the one of the, I was going to say one of the, the the class one of the series that races at uh, Charlotte County Motorsports Park, better known as CCMP or lesser known as CCMP, um, is the Outlaw Suncoast Outlaw Street Stocks. Gary LaPlante is the promoter, and he's with us on Inside. What's up, Gary? Hey, Gary. Hi, y'all. How y'all doing? Really Great. good. How are you? Doing real good. So, Gary, um, tell me about this. I, I, I heard you were going to have 100 lappers. Is that true? Yes, sir. We've been on uh, January the 5th. It's called Team 100. It's a 100-lap race with two drivers. going to run 50 laps, stop in the infield, switch drivers, fuel the cars back up, and go for the second 50. So oh, interesting. So what are me and you going to team oh, up on that one? Cool. I uh, we could. I think me and you should team up on that one. Uh, we've got uh, we've already got thirteen cars already signed up, yeah. and we've got we've got the first with twenty cars or more, thousand dollars to win. Twenty cars west, seven fifty to win. Wow, that's okay. Cool, well, man. so you really want to get the word out there because um, you want to have a good field of cars out there for that race. Yes, definitely. So did you open the rules up now? The, the Road Warriors going to run, and you calling out any street stocks? What's up? What we've done is they just got to be full-frame cars, but we're allowing the other tracks uh, from other cars, the full-frame cars, uh, to bring their 2000, the two, 2007 and 2008 rule book with them. We'll honor their rules for this race. If they do not, then they've got to follow the, uh, the Outlaw Street Stocks 2008 rules. Hey, Gary, has uh, Donnie Ollie Jr. already committed to the race? Dolly, uh, he may, and he, uh, it's not sure if he's going to run yet or not. He may. I've got one car that's open. He, he and his father may run one of my cars. Okay, cool. Very interesting. What's wow. the name of your uh, website that people can check out this uh, Outlaw Street Stocks on? It's uh, www.suncoaststreetstocks.com. And we've got the 2008 rules already online, and we've got 23 races already set for 2008 between Charlotte County and DeSoto Speedway. Oh, excellent. So what's the date of the 100-lapper again? It is 1-5-0-8. The first Saturday of January. Wow. And we're, I'm also working with Bobby for the last month, the last month of January to put a big demolition derby on down at Charlotte County. Oh, oh, oh I like the way you're talking now, Gary. A nice big demolition derby would be excellent. Yeah, sounds great. Uh, is figure eight racing going to play into the outlaw street stocks eventually? Uh, we we've talked about it. Some of the guys have uh, talked about it. I've talked with Bobby on it. It may it may develop sometime this year. Because I see that you've got some drivers that were ace ace uh, figure eight drivers in the day. You know, I noticed that Robert Chris raced one of your races the other day. Ace figure eight driver right there. You know. Mm-hmm. 
If you could actually get Willie Lacey to come back there and drive, didn't he do some uh, figure eight racing? I, I don't know if Willie <laughs> ever did any figure eight racing or not. You know, uh, they they kind of went through the infield a few times. <laughs> now, Gary, the Outlaw Street Stocks will be um, racing at CCMP also on December fifteenth, correct? Yes, we have, that's our next. Uh, that's our last race for this year. Yes. Okay. Now, your 2008 season, have you ventured to some other tracks? We are heading for DeSoto. Also, next year, we've got nine races booked at DeSoto. Beautiful. Next year. So, Gary, things are working out now. This will be the second season coming up. Only the second season coming up of your series. And it sounds like that you went through the first season pretty good, and you're uh, rolling on to this 100-lapper, and then you've got your 2008 season. Uh, what's in the future for you? I just have more cars uh, join us. We The last three races, the last race down to Charlotte, of course, we were up against Homestead. We only had 15 cars, but the three races before that, we had 21, 22, and 24 cars. So eventually we want to have 30, 30 35 cars to start our field on each one of the tracks. Yeah, it would be uh, really good because uh, people don't realize what a good show these cars can put on when there's a bunch of them out there. You know, it really makes it interesting and uh Doing this 50-50 thing will really make it interesting because not only are they going to pit stop and get more fuel or tires or whatever they want. Mm -hmm. Now, can they get fuel tires or whatever they need or just a driver? Just a driver and fuel. That's it. No driver and fuel. We're going to do it in in the cross field uh, down in the X. We're going to change drivers and fuel at the same time. There will be no altercations or changing the tires. If you go to tires, then you've got to go out and come back on the side of the back of the back. So do you have to come in on lap 50, everybody, or are you going to give like a 10-lap deal there where you got to come in within 10 laps? No, everybody at 50 laps will come to the infield, and we'll do it all at one time. Okay, but it'll be under like a yellow flag condition. Correct. Okay, that makes Correct. sense. And then what we're going to do is have one truck. We're going to have one truck take all the fuel cans down at the same time, and the, the drivers can put the fuel in. The, second, the first driver can put the fuel in while the second driver's buckling up. I got you. Oh, that's that's going to be interesting to watch. It's the street stock one, especially how they you know all leave the area. I it's like that. It's going to be a big race. I like that much better. When I first heard about it, I didn't realize it was a fifty-fifty. I thought you were just going to run a hundred laps, and I kind of thought that'd be kind of redundant. But uh, I think uh, throwing in the uh, the other driver in there the driver, is, yeah. is and the uh, drivers and the drivers from the first car cannot drive another car for the second. It has to be two two different drivers. That's a great rule, okay, Gary. That's, yeah. That's a great rule right we there. We had some drivers that want to switch cars. Some drivers want to run the 100 laps. I said, no, that's uh, a little bit too much for the street stocks. And let's try this one, and, you know, then we'll put another show on uh, some other way, you know. You know what Gary's done, don't well, you? That's a good way to do it. Yeah, you man. see what he's done? He's opened up his series mm-hmm. to if he's got 20 cars, there'll be 20 more drivers that are going to be in his series on that race. So there'll be 40 drivers total if he's got 20 cars. <laughs> That's pretty good. I like it, Gary. I like it. It's a very good. It. It's a very good thing, man. A lot of the drivers wanted it together, and uh, then I talked talked to Bobby on it, and he says, uh, "Let's go for it." And uh, so we uh, decided to put it together for first week in January. So, so uh, the rules are on the website on your website right now that people can go see the rules for 2008 for the Florida Suncoast Outlaw Street Stocks. Yes, my 2000 rules are on on my website for the new for the new rules. Yes. Now, is that, are those the, the new payout? So those are the rules that you have to have for this race? No, because if you're coming from another track, you can use your track. You Just when you uh, pay your entry fee of $175 for the two drivers, you must declare what track you're from and have your rules with me in, in hand so we can put it for the tech people that what track they're coming from and that 
will protect them from their rules for their track. Uh, you need to pound them message boards with that stuff, that, man. That's, that makes it so much easier to ha- increase that's, the car count. That's a that's great, great idea. That's, that's right. Wonderful. And then he's going to tech them on their rules. Yeah. Right. So they better brush up and make sure their car is right to their rules because exactly. they can find a, a bumper height problem on their rules and throw them out. Now, now Gary, um, since Outlaw Street Stocks are a division all into your own, are you going to have a driver of the year or a, di- a division um, you know, winner of the year? We've already we had our championship uh, race last uh, what two weeks ago down in Charlotte. Okay. And, and I, I won the championship, and my stepson came in second, and I believe it was Troy Lacey third, Dolly Allen Jr. was fourth, mm-hmm. and fifth I think was Michael Laplante. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I'll tell you, I'm looking forward to the race. Looking forward to the race on the fifth. That's going to be a great show. We're going to have to make sure we get the word out there and get some more drivers involved. And uh, I'm sure the fans are going to turn out for you. I believe they will. Yes, and we expect to see the grandstands full for this race. Yeah, Gary, you need to keep keep calls back, man. We will get you back on in a couple of weeks. We talk about it again. See what. Uh what the entries are like, or, you know, just stay on top of it, man. Yeah, Gary, just think, if me and you did it as partners, I'd call it the old farts. <laughs> the daddies. Okay, Gary, we got to go, buddy. Uh, we got Big Daddy Dave Pletcher coming up here, uh, right here, in uh, a few minutes. So uh, if you got your computer on, listen to it. You're going to have a good time with this one. All right. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate Thanks, it, Gary. Uh, Thanks, Outlaw Gary. Street Stocks, go to their website, check it out, and... Uh, you too can be racing. You never know. They're going to have at least probably 40 drivers at least running in that thing. They'll have at least 20 cars. Yeah, we're going to... It's going to be a good time. Hey, Rob, let's take a quick break here. When we come back, we're going to talk to Big Daddy. But we also, after that, we're going to listen to some lies from uh, the old days with Dave Westerman. Wait, did you describe it as lies? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We'll be right back. For our racing to survive, what, what all, our, all of these racers understand is we all need to be part-time uh, promoters. Yeah. Uh, we all need to promote our sport and promote our racetrack. And, and every other racer I talk to is trying to run his racetrack into the ground and, and, uh, and bitching and complaining about everything and bitching and complaining about the, to everybody that will listen to them. Well, you know, to me, this has got a negative effect that's going to come back and hurt you when all at once you don't even have that racetrack there to race at. Yeah. Absolutely. And um, if all the racers, if all the racers, racers would go out and try to promote their racetrack and their sport a little bit more, I'm telling you what, we uh, you'd see a whole lot uh, more racetracks that are open and stand open. And uh, uh, it's like I say, maybe I'm getting old. I don't know.
know. You don't have to get mad at me, Jack. <laughs> I was letting my ears rest. Folks, you're listening to Inside Florida Racing. and uh, I feel like Daddy is scolding us. Right? Yeah, I'm, I'm letting Jack get busy and, and play some music that he likes to play uh, before we bring on... Uh, Be nice, Daddy. Uh, for me, uh, one of my uh, uh, people that... I guess you'd call him an icon for me, one of my heroes, one of my uh, people that I've uh, tried to pattern sort of my racing after. You know, I've taken a lot of advice from this person uh, over the years. And uh, Dave Pletcher, uh, senior, uh, better known as uh, many things over the years. But mm-hmm. uh, what's up uh, there, Dave? Old man, what's happening? Well, yeah, I think everything's pretty good. We. Uh Actually, I, I drive for Richard this year, uh, same car I drove 18 years ago. Uh, actually, ran pretty good during the year. We finished third in the points at the soda, so. Yeah, so now we call you the old man in the old car. Is that it? Yeah, well, yeah I think so. <laughs> so, uh, let's... We have a few, few things to work out on the car, and, you know, it, it's an older car, but, uh, actually we run real, real well. Now, you won with that car. You actually won a NASCAR championship with that car, right? No, I won two two NASCAR championships with that car. Two NASCAR championships. Uh, wow. Yeah, CC. Uh, we won, won the, the point champion at St. Pete two years in a row. It was uh, NASCAR sanctioned, and uh, we won both them point deals. So we won two NASCAR championships and uh, tied for the national and the NASCAR championship. I think we won something like about 18 out of 21 or something that year. Yeah, that was uh, something else. And all that with that car that he's still driving today. And uh, all these guys talk about having to have new cars all the time That's and amazing. new technology. But uh, um, So it goes to show if you take care of the car, it'll well, last. The car yeah. will take care of you. That's yeah. right. <laughs> so... Uh, uh, Look at the car's been real well. I mean, the car's been real fast every time we're running. I mean, uh, right in front of the field. I mean, you know, a couple of times, you know, we've had a little problem and stuff, but uh, the car's been real well. Dave, uh, how do you do so well in qualifying? Maybe tell some of the folks out there, you know, we see you all the time, uh, fast qualifier. Uh, what what is, what is involved uh, for a driver to actually bring himself to be uh, the fast qualifier. I I don't know. One time, Buggy asked me that same question. He was all mad at me because he thought we were cheating <laughs> and stuff when we qualified. Cause we we practiced the same speed. We pitted next to each other, and come time to qualify, and you know we'd be two or three tenths quicker, and we didn't change nothing. They changed all kinds of stuff and wonder why. And I mean, I don't know. I mean, we put new tires on. So, I guess I just drive as hard as I can for them two laps and, you know, put it put it right to the border. Now, he brought up Buggy. That would be his son, uh, David L. Pletcher, who has also, uh, over the years, raced uh, uh, late models in uh, Hooters uh, Pro Cup cars and stuff. But, uh, Dave, uh, you've raced so many different things. Um, I want to go several different directions. So I guess the direction I'm going to continue to go for now is we talked about you uh, running and winning a couple NASCAR championships in the NASCAR. And uh, talk to us, uh, folks, a little bit about um, you being an actual NASCAR driver. Uh, a lot of folks don't realize that, that you were. Talk to us about when you were and where you raced at. Well, it's been a long time ago. but uh, It ain't that long. Well, it's been a while, but, uh, you know, Ran a few ARCA races. I led the ARCA race at Daytona, almost the entire race, and 
come close to winning that. We broke a transmission at the end. Uh, and we run fourth at Atlanta one year, uh, sixth at another year. And uh, at one time, we was the second fastest forward for the 500 at Talladega. And, uh, and we had, had a little bit of experience that way. What year was that? And I think that was uh, honestly somewhere around 88, 89. Well, I can see why you would want to go to him and, and sort of have him be your mentor. He really has the experience that, uh, you know, younger drivers need to learn from, you know. <laughs> and it was funny when I met him, though, was because uh, I used to go to Sunshine, and mm-hmm. I used to watch the race at Sunshine. And uh, at Sunshine, if in the late models, you were either a Dave Pletcher fan or you were a Jimmy Cope fan. Mm-hmm. And one thing you could guarantee, okay, in 1988 or 89 or 90 or any of those years back when I was going there and prior to that, if those two were racing in that late model race, before the race was over, there's going to be some action, <laughs> Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes they would total their cars out at the start-finish line, but really? they would always be the show. And for me, I was racing go-karts, and I remember uh, I was wanting to get into racing cars, and Gene Lasker... Um, who was a dirt racer over at East Bay, mm-hmm. told me, you know, you go talk to Dave Pletcher. You know, he's got that shop. He deals with all them asphalt cars. And Dave probably remembers the day that I came there with this street were stock. In, were you intimidated to go up and talk to him? I don't think so. I told him that I was going to be racing late models like him one day, but I wanted to start in this car. And he yeah. said, you know, well, that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you remember that day, Dave? Uh, I, I, I remember a lot of it. I sure do. <laughs> and... Uh, so anyways, but I I made it through my time. But, but Dave, I, Dave used to tell me certain things, and he, he doesn't give a lot of information to a lot of people. He intimidates a lot of people, mm-hmm. but um, he never intimidated me because I was bigger than him. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we, we had some good times. Uh, Dave had his shop, and uh, some of my fondest memories of racing, obviously, uh, were the time spent with you, Dave, and... Uh, um, at at the Florida Pro Races, you know the, the the times that you 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 just took those things. I remember one season he couldn't do anything wrong in the Florida Pro Series. Mm-hmm. I mean he he finished just about every lap of every race and uh, uh, won that series. You know pretty much hands down. And uh, he's won so many different series and won so many different races. And then one day I call up there and he tells me that he's not racing late models anymore. I ain't racing late models anymore. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, well, I'm, I'm going sprint car racing. So, Dave, t- tell the folks out here about your first sprint car race. <laughs> well, actually, my, first, my very first one didn't turn out the best because uh, we went to Citrus and we started in the back. And uh, I'm about the first or second lap, but we had a little deal and, and uh, jumped the tire. But uh, we won the heat and the feature the second time we run one down there at Ponte Gorda and it was a pretty exciting time for me. Yeah. I had uh, a good time running sprint cars. You know, I mean, I'm still a sprint car fan. You think you could make 400 laps in one? No, no, absolutely. I'm I'm a good shape right now as I've probably ever been. Now, you've run the little 500 before, haven't you? Yeah, we run that uh, right when I very first started. Uh, we went up there. uh we had some problems when we got there, and we was new at the thing, but we qualified 22nd, and we was running like eight, uh, 377 laps in. We'd, we'd already had a little bit of problems, but 
we ended up uh, having a little mishap with a lap car and getting wrecked, but uh, we was uh, pretty excited about running as good as what we did. Well, why did you make the transition from late models to sprints? Did you feel that you sort of accomplished everything you wanted to do in late models and it was just time to t- for a new challenge? Well, maybe a little bit of everything, but uh, ever since I was a little kid, you know, Dave Scarborough was my hero, and I mean, as far as I was concerned, you know, at his time was one of the best sprint car racers there, and I don't know, I just always was so fan, you know, uh, exciting to me to watch him race and stuff, and I always thought I'd like to try that, and mm-hmm. and, it, and it was pretty exciting, them cars are real fast, and uh I mean, it, it was a lot of fun to drive. Now, we talked to Lenny the other day, um, since he's the new president of TBARA, and we were talking about David. And, of course, CeCe went to the 400, uh, the Florida 400, which David uh, pretty much uh, took that one there with no problem. Um, you and David, buddies, I know that. Uh, tell the folks about uh, maybe we might see Dave Pletcher running one of those cars here soon. No, no, I'm, I'm, I've been keeping an eye out for a sprint car ride. I'd like, I'd like to have a good sprint car ride. And, you know, and uh, as far as David Steele goes, I mean, he, 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 and Lenny both, I mean, they're, they're great people, and I know them, and uh, and uh, I know David's trying to get his shot going on, you know, wish him the best. Well, I think, I, I, I think Lenny would be, a, you know, a great, great president. I think, you know, everything would be good for sprint cars right now. Well, that's encouraging to hear because, you know, it's kind of a, it was all a toss-up, you know, what was going to happen with Don, you know, and. And uh, and Lenny and and all that and I, I we had him on the show. Don Don done a good job. I mean, you know, I mean, look at all the cars they they bring to every race. I mean, they have to be doing something right or, or or that couldn't have been. But you know, some sometimes people, you know, just would like to see something a little different, maybe. All right, Dave. Uh, hard time questions now. Let's talk a little bit about kids and racing today. What do you think about the kids? That are in these uh, super late models, you know, at 13, 14 years old. Well, I, I see some great kids out there. I mean, I, I'm actually surprised because it took me a lot longer than that to ever get going. And uh, when you got David Poe and a lot, a lot of them, them kids that are running, I mean, they're doing an excellent job. Now, is your phone ringing with some of these dads wanting you to help their kids? Uh, no, but, you know, I, actually, I mean, I can be proud of a couple of things. Uh, Matt Martin's uh, first truck when he when he went in the truck series, I built his truck for him. Uh, Mike Skinner's boy, uh, I built his truck. I mean, you know, I, I did build a few trucks for a few people. That uh, you know, Dave, David Wilson's uh, first truck. Uh, you built my first about, race car. Yeah, I'm pretty happy about a lot of people that I helped out over the years. You've helped many many people out, Dave. Uh, probably more than you'll ever know. You guys that. Uh, um, you know, race in the early days of racing. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the early days. Dave, what's the earliest that you uh, raced cars here in, in Florida? When did you start? Mm, well, I don't know. I, I know it was Golden Gate. And it, it, it was years ago. It'd have to be... You know, 70s probably. 78 uh, maybe. Uh, yes, it had to be in, in, the, yeah, in the, mid, the mid-70s probably. So, um, how do you feel racing has, well, it's changed a lot, but in some ways it's still the same. Well, one, one way is, I mean, uh, on my aspect, one way is because back then we we had to build our own stuff. There wasn't places you'd go and buy ready-built cars or, 
parts. You had to go to the junkyard. You, you know, you built. You had to build everything. And uh, I guess you know that's how we learned a lot about cars. You know, and how to build things. When Dave, when you uh, when you first started at, at Golden Gate back then, uh, you mentioned Dave uh, Scarborough. Now, who were some of the people that when you first started that you really looked up to besides uh, besides say Dave? Well, a lot of people, I mean, Dave Scarborough was my hero from a long time, but, I mean, Larry Brazil and Jack Arnold, uh, God, I mean, I don't want to leave nobody out and nobody be mad at me. I mean, well, uh, but both Frank and Jimmy. They're Rose, not listening. I mean, everybody, you know, everybody there was, was uh, uh, Jimmy Alvis. I mean, a lot of them people, they was all uh, Kip Pierce. They all put on good shows. Now, Jim Alvis, I saw his name on the Florida 400. Is that the same Jim Alvis, or is that his uh, son? Well, Jim Alvis Sr. is one I used to watch when I was a kid that raced with Scarborough and stuff. Uh, Jim Alvis Jr., he's a good sprint car driver. I mean, uh, Yeah, Jim Alvis Sr. Jim Alvis Sr., yeah, the uh, 121 the, uh, car. The 121, that's definitely them. That's the same Jimmy Alvis that used to race over there at uh, Sunshine all the time in the 21 uh, uh, Modified? Jimmy Alvis, yeah. Okay. He's raced a lot. Shane Miller. Look. Well, but, uh, you know, we was good friends and stuff, and uh, I enjoyed watching race and race with him over the years. You've raced with a lot of guys over the years. Who's your toughest competition <laughs> been over the years? Uh, I, man, I hate to say it. I mean, about everybody I've raced with has been tough. Your son was tough competition for you there for a while, wasn't he? Son, tough. I mean, there's tons of people that are tough. I mean, they're still tough. Hey, even Bonehead get, tried to give you a hard time even one night. Bonehead, my, yes, right. One of my best times of racing yeah. was I finished second to him and uh, Leo Musgrave. Um, yeah. One of Leo Musgrave 100 lap races over at Sunshine. I finished second right behind him, and that was like winning the race. And he was so slow. He was so slow. I should have turned him around. That's right. If I'd have been, if I hadn't have been such good friends with him, I might have yeah. won the race. But, That's right. Um, you know, that was probably one of the. You know, like I said, I have a lot of fond memories, and it comes. You know, Dave's usually in those. You know, it's always fun to go to the races and uh, and race with him on the racetrack. You know, and all the other drivers will say this: that when you race with Dave Pletcher. You're racing with class. He's not going to spin you out to get around you. He's not going to do that kind of stuff. He's going to, you know, drive the racetrack. And if you're faster than him, we'll finish him from it. Mm -hmm. but, uh, if you give him a, you give him anything. <laughs> Dave, when you go to the tracks these days, I mean, do, do you ever go just to watch the races? And and if so, like what what kind of races do you like to just go watch and be a spectator? Well, I, I like to watch good races, just like everybody else. I mean, I, I, like, I like to see two or three people battling for the lead or battling for a certain spot. And, you know, hopefully a caution don't come out to interrupt that, you know, and, and, and see some good racing. What was your favorite car you raced over the years, Dave? When you think about all the years back, uh, uh, what was one of your favorite cars? Uh, I don't know. I had quite a few favorite cars. I mean, one... Nelson Brothers and stuff. I mean, we we won you know twenty features or better in a season when I was with uh, Maton. We we won you know better than twenty when I drove for Richard. 
You know what I mean? That, that, that's pretty rememberable because we won that NASCAR deal and everything. We won, you know, uh, you know, better than 20 features in a season. And, I mean, I've had a lot of good seasons. Uh, How about the wedge bodies? No, not. Man, I wish they'd bring them back, I think. I think they're <laughs> foolish not to. Now, the wedge bodies, CC, were late models that were uh, really sloped out in the front. Mm-hmm. And, uh, They'd be wide and square all the way to the back, and they'd have a wing standing up three feet on one side really? of it all the way down the side. Wow. Not only that, but, you know, the body was cheaper. You got a little, you know, your imagination involved in it. Plus, the cars actually handled better because of the downforce, that, you know, they created. And I think there was a lot better, you know, side-by-side racing that way because instead of, cars like today to trying to make everything identical back then you had a little variance you could start in the back and come to the front and and uh, you don't see a whole lot of that right now i mean a couple people have been able to do that i mean schofield's been able to do that at uh DeSoto and stuff but other than that you ain't seen much of that yeah and you know you can thank uh the inventors of the plastic nose your buddy ed howe back in the day Oh yeah, well it's about about money and what they can sell, but about the racer, I, I don't, you know, I mean even the fans, I think would enjoy seeing them wedge cars again. And absolutely, I, I know I'd like to have them, but you know, Lee's probably still got that one. Yeah, I'm, I'd like to have that thing <laughs> back. That was a good car. Well, it needs to be a museum built um, for all the the southern racers here in Florida. It would be great to have a museum. Uh, Maybe one of these rich guys out there listening. I drove that car. Uh, I've just been out of the hospital from a bad accident and stuff, and come back uh, and uh, Lee was nice enough to let me drive that car and won that 200 there at St. Pete with it. And uh, that's the last time it was run, and uh, I mean that that, that was a big uh, enjoyable memory. I bet. So uh, let's talk one thing about safety a little bit. Now, I noticed, Dave, you're wearing a full-face helmet. What's up with that? You finally conforming? Well, <laughs> I, I don't want to say nothing to talk anybody out of anything, but, uh, I mean, I, I wore, had to wear the full face when I run the sprint cars and stuff. But I always wore my open face, and I kind of enjoyed it. And, but, you know, between my son and my wife and everybody for safety, you know, they, they stayed on me about getting a full face. And when it come time to buy a new helmet, I, I just went ahead and did it. Now, did I notice you got a, you got actually one that has the hose hooked to the side of it and everything, Dave? I can't believe oh, yeah, it. Yeah, well, and, and, and you know what? I can take that hose off, put that open face on, and, and, and uh, I, can, I can still... Still stay there with the rest of them all day long, so it don't matter. Yeah, they outlawed those leather helmets, so you can't wear them anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, safety has to come first. Well, you know, Dave's Dave's definitely. Well, it, 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 is, it is safe. I mean, you know, it's definitely a lot safer to have a full face helmet. Now uh, you've had a few wrecks in your life too. Of talking about safety, I remember. Uh, I don't know a couple weeks in a row back then. Uh, you know, ten years ago or so, Dave ran on the wall like two weeks in a row. Uh, that knock any sense into you back then? Uh, I hope so. It tried to knock some out of me, but it <laughs> might knock some in. <laughs> I think it wasn't long after that he got rid of all them late models and went to the sprint car racing. Yeah. Oh, that's what made him change. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. 
So, uh, you know, uh, any aspirations of ever opening a shop again, or are you going to stick to the excavating? Uh, I'm not sure, actually. I, actually, I've been thinking about maybe a little of both, because cause I, I enjoy working on race cars and building race cars. and I uh, kind of enjoy what I'm doing, too, this way, you know, something new. So I, I think I'm about to split it up a little bit so I can do a little of both. Yeah, you... You think you can handle all that, old man? Well, <laughs> if you see an old man, you give him a couple hundred dollars and a vacation. <laughs> yeah, for you folks that don't know, if you need any land cleared or uh, you got a bunch of, you know, uh, brush and you want to clear it, uh, you know, put a shop or something there, give Dave Pletcher a call and uh, he'll come on over there and whip it out the fastest uh, what was your slogan we were trying to work out? The fastest uh, excavator in, in town? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, matter. I mean, today, last couple of days, I had a guy that had some aluminum gates that needed welding, and uh, as well for quit on I went down to St. Pete and did that for him. I mean, you know, kind of enjoy doing uh, a lot of different things right now. Well, you know, you had your shop for so many years. I guess you got to try to do something else, but... Everything goes in circles, folks. Don't worry. He'll open up a shop again one day. Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, I, I, I got some, you know, I got some equipment and been acquiring a little bit more here and there. I got enough I can do some stuff. All right, Mr. Pletcher. Um, I really appreciate you taking time out of your uh, busy day to uh, talk to us here at Inside Florida Racing and all the folks out there listening that have uh, there's never been many interviews with you. Now people will get to, uh, you know, listen to this from uh, for for days to come. Now, what do and, you think about that? And Dave will plaster it all over the internet. <laughs> yeah, along with those pictures. <laughs> uh, give me that sprint car ride, and uh, I, I'll be driving Richard's car again next year. And uh, like I say, we, we run real well. We had a couple things we had to get get going, but the uh, car's been real good. So uh, talk about your sponsor and his wife real quick. Richard, uh, t- uh, Richard, it, like I said, I drove for Richard, uh, one of the first Lake Malls I ever drove, uh, back in Golden Gate days, I drove for Richard, and then, I don't know, we was on a break for a while, and then, uh, we got back together, and we went to, uh, St. Pete and stuff, and we won that Eastern Seaboard and NASCAR deal, and we won, uh, just about every race there was for a couple of years, and. And so you're back. Break again until uh, just recently. Well, that's good, you know, and uh, I know Richard works hard on the car because I know you don't want to work on it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, we're a little ways apart, and, and Richard does a good job of keeping up with the car. And uh, I mean, I can't, I can't give them enough praise. I mean, they, you know, give them everything I wanted or needed. So, you know, what can I say? So when are we going to see you race again? Well... I'm going to have to ask Richard that. He's, he's the car owner. When, when he's ready, I'm ready. All right, folks. There you have it. He's not going to tell us. but Well, uh, hopefully we'll see him out of track in 08. Well, we're going to talk to Lenny and see if we can't get him a get him a ride in them sprint cars. I want to see him run those sprint I, 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 I cars. I'm driver's retiring. I think I ought to be the next in line. So you raced at Golden Gate for a, uh, quite a while, right? Uh, yeah, uh, for a long time. Yeah, we, when we get off the phone with you, we're going to talk to Dave Westerman. We're going to have him tell us... Uh, Tell us the stories you guys won't tell us. Oh, he's got plenty of Pletcher stories. Oh, okay. Old Dave, old Dave <laughs> well, Westerman. I know they're going. 
I know it'd be good then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. All right, Dave. I appreciate you taking the time uh, with us on Inside Florida Racing, and uh, we'll talk to you again, buddy. I appreciate everything you've done. All right, man. Thank you. All Thanks, right. Dave. Thank Bye. you very much. All right. Bye. There you have it, Big Daddy Dave Pletcher. Uh, did a great interview. You know, very candid, isn't he? Yes. It was yeah. really interesting, and I could see why. You know, in your younger days, you went you went and found Mount and to talk to him. And I was learn probably from him. about twelve. 14 years ago, 12, 14 years ago. Yeah. And uh, like I said, you know, he's helped a lot of people. It's just like Dick Anderson. You know, these guys that are that are, that are great racers and, and Jimmy Cope, you know, those three guys right there are synonymous to me when I think about late model racing. Mm-hmm. It was never a better race than if it had Dave Anderson, Jimmy Cope, and Dave Pletcher all racing at the same time at, at, at a small place like Sunshine Speedway even. It was always great, you know, really enjoyed it. Um, we got somebody on the line? All right, we've got to do okay. a break. and uh, We'll be back on Inside Florida Racing. You got it. A technical product like brakes, there is no substitute for quality and experience. In the performance industry, no one has more experience than the Brake Man. The Brake Man has been designing high-performance solutions for a variety of applications for almost 40 years. The current products from the Brake Man are among the most advanced on the market. The Tornado Calibers are the only calibers in the performance industry to carry a U.S. patent number in their new line of pads and rotors. The Brakeman Super Brakes are solving brake problems on hard-use vehicles, from police cars to ambulances and a variety of fleet vehicles. So if you're towing a trailer, carrying heavy loads, or just plain want to extend the life and stopping power of your vehicle, it's time to call The Brakeman on the web at thebrakeman.com. She said the doors, not the doo-wops. I feel like we're being transported back in time. I like that. Right. Elvis. And I left my shoes and poodle skirt at home. He's got his poodle skirt on. He's wearing it, but he forgot to shave his legs off. Is this the platters? This guy has nothing but time on his hands. As we go back in time, how far back did we go? To the fifties, at least. Hey, uh, Mr. Westerman, Dave Westerman. Yes. While uh, we had uh, Pletcher on, Dave Pletcher, Big Daddy Dave Pletcher, were you happen to listening to that while we had him on? No, I can't even get. Oh, that's right. You can't. I can't, you, I can't get an internet signal out here. To yeah, you can't get it at home. That's well, tough with a rotary dial phone. Well, <laughs> Dave, we we just spent a little bit of time with Dave Pletcher, and uh, uh, I, while we were uh, talking with him, I was scanning through your pictures that you have online from uh, Golden Gate. So I assured him that you would tell us the stories from Golden Gate that he wouldn't dare tell us. 
most of the time that he raced at Golden Gate, I was in the military and never got to go there. So <laughs> all my all my stuff goes from either well before Dave actually started running out there, believe it or not. So. Go go all the way back, Dave, to the beginning and uh, and tell us about some stuff that went on out there at Golden Gate. Take us right from the 30s right on through where we're at today. Well, you know, I'm actually, the track itself opened there, and I believe it was 61. Um, and living in Orlando, I actually didn't make it over there until, actually the first race I ever saw there was the, uh, was the first actual Florida Governor's Cup race in 1965. That's the that's the first first time I ever saw a race there, and uh, it was definitely an experience. You know, coming from the the, the real little bullring like tracks, like uh, the old Orlando Raceway out in Taft, and the uh, O'Galley Raceway, and and uh, some of the other places that uh, you know we'd been, you know, around during the early 60s. Um, you know, we came here from Indiana and we were actually here about uh, three years before I even went to any races around here. You know, I was just a kid back then. So, uh, you know, my dad couldn't afford the two bucks to get into the racetrack. So <laughs> until he got a raise and we, uh, and, but about at 65, we, you know, we'd heard about this, you know, big late model race. And, um, so we, you know, packed up me and my just just me and my dad and we went over to it and uh uh it was quite an experience being at, at a track that just seemed you know bigger uh, a little shinier you know frank deary jr always kept that place in immaculate condition and and uh and then again you've got you know all these guys that you've only heard about or read about and you know illustrated speedway news or whatever you know i mean i'd never seen uh half these guys Especially the guys from South Florida race, and uh, so it was it was particularly interesting. And then uh, in that race that day between Wayne Rudum and Senior and Bobby Allison was just unreal. So, uh, and then and believe it or not, I never went back to Golden Gate again until 1967. Um, back then, we, you know, we went out to Orlando every Friday night. Uh, we went to O'Galley Speedway occasionally. Um, on Saturday, uh, 1967, New Smyrna started running. They were dirt, though, and uh, uh, my dad never really cared that much for dirt tracks, so uh, we didn't really go there until after they paved the place late in the year. But um, it was, uh, I guess, about mid-year in 67, we used to start going over there every Saturday night uh, simply because a couple of guys that we watched run at Orlando uh, we're running there with their what they called uh, modified sprints, I guess at that time. Um, so we would go over there and watch the uh, you know uh, modified uh, early model six cylinders in the in the bombers race. Who raced uh, in those? Uh, if you go back then, uh, we you know used to go over there and see uh, you know of course the Rudiments were still pretty big there by that time. Buzzy was running a bit up north. Uh, Wayne was the hot stuff, you know, too, along with uh, Jim Alvis Sr. You had Frank Riddle. You had Jim Riddle. Uh, you had uh, guys like uh, Steve Campbell. You had, uh, oh, there were... Jim Fitton, some, huh? Dave Scarborough was a guy that just, you know, he was he, he raced everything. He was almost in every class. Um, 
But yeah, that was, was that was Dave Pletcher's hero. Who was that? Scarborough was uh, Dave. Dave uh, told us two or three times that, that uh, Dave Scarborough was his his hero. Dave Scarborough was, uh, I you know, if if you were to you know ask me, you know, pound for pound, who was the best race car driver ever in the state of Florida, I would say it's Dave because uh, he he could get in anything and make it run, and you know, it didn't make any difference if it was a six cylinder, if it was a late model, if it was a modified, if it was a sprint car you know whatever and and he always seemed to get better with age too i mean uh, you know the streak he had you know you, all these guys that you know complain about having to start in the back of pack or whatever like that in these races who have gone, gone to some of those uh races back there in the uh in the uh 80s at sunshine speedway when uh Dave was driving that yellow and black number 69 over there. I don't think he ever started any better in about 22nd or 23rd, and he'd drive past everybody and win the feature just about every week. And uh, and Pletcher can definitely remember getting passed by him a few times over there. So, uh, you know, that was, yeah, he was he was something else. So when I was working with uh, Bob Luscombe on, uh, on the sprint cars after Bob retired, uh, he hired Dave to drive his car, and, and Dave won the, championship at DeSoto in 1979 and uh, was leading uh, if you uh, some of you might remember Golden Gate they used to run a 500 lap sprint car race every February uh, did it well they did it for three three years I guess it was two or three years I can't remember you know it was one of those you know things they're trying to get started up as a tradition that was however in the latter part of the 70s just before Golden Gate got shuttered for a while because of the noise ordinances and all that but uh uh, we were leading that race by, I think, five laps one year, and the rear end gear stripped in the car. And Bob Bob kept trying to get Dave to slow down, and every time Dave would come in, he says, "I am slowing down." So you know, he'd slow down and get faster. So uh, yeah, good good racer. But uh, uh, yeah, Golden Gate was just a, it was just a neat place. The atmosphere was so different. Uh, it, it, it was a different kind of track to go to. You know, a lot of the other tracks in the Tampa area, um, you know, like Phillips Field and, and some of those other places that I didn't never got to see, you know, they'd already shut down. Uh, Plant Field in downtown Tampa, where the uh, University of Tampa is, uh, only ran just uh, occasionally. You know, they ran the IMCA shows in February. Fairgrounds. Uh, and that, that kind of thing. But one of the neatest things about Golden Gate was, of course, they had the main center grandstands were, were covered, which, of course, was nice if it ever decided to rain or anything like that. So you, oh. know, you could sit there and stay dry without having to, you know, like most places, have to go run for cover. Uh, but they had these, uh, these, you know, so you could see to get up and down the stairs in one of these, these yellow, you know, uh, what, uh, I used to call them bug lights. You know, they used to be. Uh, you don't really see these like these fluorescent yellow lights anymore that much. But they had these all through the grandstand area, and uh, you know, after it got dark, it's you know they'd have those lights on. But uh, every time a race started and the green flag dropped, they'd turn the lights off. <laughs> it was just so neat, you know. As soon as the checkered flag waved, you know, the lights came back on again, and uh, yeah, it just you know, it just was an amazing place to go and the races were just unreal you know they uh the old bomber class over there where you know a lot of guys that uh, uh got their start in that class you know a guy, a guy like jim childers okay he went on to win a little 500 several times 
you know, he, he started racing in the bomber class out there on Saturday nights, and he moved up and he ran the six-cylinder early models, and then uh, he got a, a ride in a sprint car, and then uh, the rest was history, you he, know. He was a champion in the TBRA, too, wasn't he? I believe he was yeah. uh, once or twice. And, you know, his his big thing was to go up and, and run that little 500 in, in Anderson, Indiana, and... Uh, you know, he and he and Frank Riddle and Stan Butler and and Bob Luskin and all that—they just lived to go up there. You know, and and, and go up there during the uh, you know month of May. You know, it was it was to sprint car racing at the time what the you know Indy Five Hundred is for Indy cars. And you know, it's amazing. All these guys you're talking about, every one of them, you have photographs there in the history in your history section on the in the Florida stock car racing history section. Just looking at these, as you name them off, there's pictures of them. There's a picture there with uh, with uh, Hamke and Pletcher banging it out. Is I guess that's at Golden Gate. Was there was there walls not around? There didn't have walls no, around? There, the- were, there were no walls at Golden Gate except on the front stretch. Right. Uh, if you come, yeah, coming out of turn four, right where the big uh, chairback grandstand was, yep. there was this humongous tractor tire that was there. I mean, this thing was huge. And guys would hit that tire, and and uh, I saw Pat Hutchison hit that thing one night with a with a six cylinder car head on. He hit that thing so hard that his car actually bounced back almost all the way into turn three. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was huge. It was tied down. You couldn't move it, and uh, but of course that kept you from hitting the blunt end of the concrete wall. And but the rest of the track, no, it was uh, you know it was sort of semi banked um and if you flew off a, there was a, a dirt bank back there and if you managed to get through the dirt bank then there was a little outer fence that went, ran around the track you know a chain link that was up the, the length of the back stretch which you know don ream knocked down one night out there uh it took him like an hour to get him out of the car because he was all wrapped up in the fence uh <laughs> it just uh uh, oh, I, I tell you, we saw some crazy things there. You know, some of the best fights you ever seen in a racetrack were there. You know. And speaking of that, uh, we we had Roby Helm on earlier tonight, and uh, Rob was talking to him about the deal coming up at East Bay, whatever. Well, he started talking about his thing at where where he got hired, his first job where he first started announcing, and it involved uh, a fight. Out a there. fight and Don Narone. Yeah, a fight. And oh, that. yeah. But it wasn't a fight with Don Derone. It's he filmed he filmed a film. The Don wanted to see the tape. Don saw the tape and he said, "I really like the end of it because it had a fight on there." Hey Dave, let me ask you something. Um, the, the the track at uh, at Lakeland, what is today Lakeland Speedway? Um, do you remember that track uh, as the big race track that it was? You know, uh, prior actually, to the... actually, yeah, I went to one sprint car show there. Oh, I guess. I can't really remember the year, but uh, uh, that track was uh, the track was downright dangerous. Actually, there were a couple of guys who had their careers ended there uh, over a, a couple year span. Um, if you if you've ever been to Ocala Speedway and you've seen what Turn Four is like, where you come around that big sweep off the backstretch and what is Turn Three basically, all right, uh, and then all of a sudden you hit that hairpin turn, all right. Okay, put that on a, you know, uh, track twice as big. Right, yeah. With twice as much speed. Uh, and twice as narrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and uh, Scarborough was talking to me about it one time, and he said, you know, he said it was just, he said you didn't know how to drive it, you know, because you were going so fast, 
and he, if you said if you didn't stop, you'd hit the wall. Okay, that so you had to just jam on the brakes and turn the car sideways, and then hope it reacted. And uh, you know, that was uh, yeah, definitely a weird layout. I don't know how they set that thing up. What was the name of it? Like that. What was the name of that racetrack? Uh, it was called. Uh, it was, I think it was just called Lakeland Raceway. I think is what it was originally. Yeah, you know, I, it's a track that I had never had uh, ever watched a race on. I had, uh, uh, I was born in 1966, so I actually watched some of the races at, at some of the uh, other racetracks, including the old fairground stuff. Was my earliest uh, memories of watching sprint cars. You know, uh, no wings, no roll cages, <laughs> sprint cars. Uh, back then with Jan Opperman and those kind of guys and oh yeah, yeah I, that was uh, that was some good stuff you know going to uh I'm, you know I'll never forget going into the uh, first time I went to Plant Field um we went over on uh, Sunday and uh, I was in the military at the time so you know I, I you know it was hard to get away a lot of times but you know I got in you know on a, on Saturday and we all rode over and driving into downtown Tampa on a Sunday morning, and, you know, the place is really devoid of traffic. There's nothing really open or anything. Uh, this was in 1975, I think it was. And uh, and, and going on to, you know, this, this big street right in the middle of town, and all these sprint car trailers just lined up one after the other. And I mean, not like today, you know, where everything's an enclosed trailer. Right, just sitting in these open trailers. all open trailers. Right. So you could see every car. And, I mean, they were lined up for about two miles, okay, just waiting to get into the pits at Plant Field. It's a North Boulevard. It was either on South Boulevard or North Boulevard, yeah. one or the other. They may have been both on South and North. I don't yeah. know. But, uh, you know, Cass it's interesting Street. because uh, Luskin was racing that day. You know, he always liked to dab in the dirt a little bit and... and and, uh, you know, he liked to go in there and run against those guys. And, and uh, so we met up with him, and we're just sort of walking up and down and talking to people and whatnot. You know, and pretty soon he comes running back after a while. He says, he says, man, you got to come up here and look at this, you know. And uh, we, so we all went up there with him, and, and he was pointing out it was a brand-new uh, top-of-the-line uh, Resner trailer which had three tire racks on it. <laughs> you know, nowadays, you know, you pull in with something like that, they think it's an antique, you know. But uh, you got to have three air conditioners to get somebody to look these days. <laughs> oh, I tell you what. It was, uh, well, I was, I was reading up there at the Snowball Derby uh, this week, or for they had like over 100 cars up there all together, and one guy pulled in with an open trailer. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, why, that's why I can't go, because I don't rate. <laughs> My trailer, my trailer doesn't rate with those. You know, you got to at least have a toolbox worth twenty thousand. So I can't go. Oh, I tell you, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, it's un, it's unbelievable. I mean, you know, working at Speed World and with uh, with all these spec series classes and whatnot, I I can remember the very first uh, Winter Nationals that we had a, a few years ago, and this humongous rig comes in. I mean, we're, we're talking a Nextel Cup type rig. I mean, this thing comes in, and I'm saying, man, these guys must have, you know some really stout stuff in here you know inside this thing is one mini cup <laughs> for like about a 10 year old kid to drive <laughs> you know one i mean they didn't even have a backup car you know they had some extra body parts and wheels and an engine or something like that but i mean you know and i'm thinking what do you think of that dave 
Well, I don't know. I mean, you know, if if you got the money or the sponsor that can put that, you know, a lot of it's just sponsorship stuff, you know. Yeah. But uh, uh, but if you got it, you know, hey, if you're going to travel, you might as well travel in style, you know. <laughs> you know, you can either walk or fly. I don't know whatever you want to do. But uh, you know, Dick, uh, I was looking. I'm, there's a picture on here of Dick Anderson sitting by his car mm-hmm. with a mustache. Yeah, he wasn't very big back then. No, he's, uh, yeah, Mary's keep, Mary keeps him pretty well fed nowadays, I think. But uh, <laughs> no, he was pretty slim and trim and real tough back in those days. And uh, um, you know, he was uh, he was one of those guys that the whole time that the Governor's Cup was run there at Golden Gate, you know, he just he would just get frustrated every year, you know, because you know he'd always come in as one of the favorites, you know, back in the you know you know in the uh, in the latter years that it ran at Golden Gate and just, you know, something always seemed to happen. And then, uh, of course, the very first one held at New Smyrna, he wins that, and then he wins the one the next year, too. So it's just, uh, yeah, it's just one of those, one of those things. I mean, you know, that, that race in particular, when it was held at Golden Gate, I mean, just to make the show was a big deal. You know, nowadays everybody starts the race. Yeah. But, uh, right. uh, you know, back then, I mean, there, there was, uh, uh, one year I was there, I'm thinking, I'm going to think probably maybe 73, 74, probably 74, uh, because I was back in Florida by then. But I, they, they, you know, they start 36 cars. There were no few, no less. 36 cars. That's how it was done. They ran the same type of program every year. Uh, 36 cars made to show and they sent uh 70 some home <laughs> so uh you know well over 100 cars in a pit that year and, and for many years they would have you know 80 90 up, upwards close to 100 cars uh, for that show and even when it began to tail off they were still getting you know 56 you know 60 65 so uh you know always a always a good show i mean there were, there were years where guys like dick trickle didn't make the show um you know, I remember the year Wendell Scott was here, and and uh, they had a lot of trouble with his car. You know, it was just a you know a, a deal they put together. Jim Gray building a car, and he come in, and he ran real good in practice. And then uh, the last practice session before they were going to qualify, uh, the transmission broke in the car. Did, they couldn't get it fixed in time. So, uh, Dave, did but, you uh, did did you is that picture of Wendell Scott? Is that pic- a picture you took? Oh yeah, I, I took that uh, at uh, Golden Gate. Uh, in the pits here. You know, there, uh, there, last year, or no, it was actually a couple of years ago, uh, you know, we get contacted from time to time from production companies or whatever, or people writing books or whatever. There, uh-huh. was, there was some people doing a, a deal that had something to do with the Smithsonian, and they contacted, oh, yeah, yeah. Me, remember that? Oh, yeah, I've, I've actually been contacted, that is I the, say, probably six, seven times. That is the only stuff. picture, practically, it's really rare to find pictures on the Internet of Wendell Scott. Yeah, it's uh, it's tough because, again, a lot of the, you know, the racing that Wendell did was back in the 60s for the most part, you know, 50s and 60s. And, uh, you know, back then, not a lot of the photographers took pictures of Wendell, you know. So, uh, yeah. you know, you find a few on there, you know, if you go on, you know, legendsinnascar.com, which uh, is operated by the announcer over at New Smyrna, Roland Via, you know, he's got a, a few things on there, uh uh, it was interesting. There's, a, there's. I don't know if it's on that side or another side. I found, but some guys had found the uh, 
one of the last cars that Wendell had driven, um, just sort of back out in the woods somewhere, and they're in the process of restoring it right now. It's a, it's an old Ford Torino, yeah. and uh, but uh, you know, no, it, it's it's really interesting. I got to tell you a story about Wendell because back in uh, was it sixty eight, um, we took vacation up in the Carolinas and Tennessee, uh, and went up to the uh, Volunteer Five Hundred at Bristol. Now the track at Bristol. Uh, at that time, nowhere near what it's like today. I mean, it was a, it was a regular, you know, banked half mile type track. But the only grandstands were actually they were concrete and they were built into the hills on either side of the track. And uh, you know, the the other ends were open. I mean, you could see the mountains and everything back there. There were guardrails around the track, no concrete. And uh, but we went there for uh, for that race that day. And I think Cale Yarbrough won it driving for the Woods Brothers. But after the races were over, um, you know, we were waiting for the crowd to clear, so they let the you know fans down in the pits and whatnot. And I had my little Kodak Instamatic camera with me, so I went down there and, uh, um, you know, and all the guys, you know, you know the, the David Pearsons and, and the Richard Petties and all, you aren't going to find them anywhere. But uh, you know, the independent guys you could find. I had a nice conversation with uh, Friday Hassler. Uh, super nice guy. I got to meet uh, another one of the old independent guys, uh, Clyde Lynn. Uh, did get to talk a little bit with Charlie Glotz back at the time, and but had a nice long chat and just enjoying myself talking with Wendell Scott, you know, and he was just such a nice guy. And, uh, you know, and he was, you know, finding out where we were from and what all was going on and all that. And he was, he was getting impatient because he'd send his kids up to get his purse money. <laughs> so they could, so they could load the car up on the bound the trailer and hook it up to the station wagon and take it home. <laughs> I, I think I saw that part in the movie. Yeah, well, I don't know if it's in the movie or not, but I'm, you know, a lot of the, the him talking about, to Westerman. <laughs> well, the movie about Wendell Scott really is, is a pretty good movie because it really depicts, you know, a lot of what he had to go through. Sure enough. Uh, but um, but it was interesting when he came down to Golden Gate. And was running that show, and I, you know, I just got to talking to him again, and and uh, um, you know, he was down there when I actually took that picture. It was at the same time they were working on that transmission in the car, um, and we got to talking, and I, you know, told him I, you know, that, oh yeah, I had a chance to meet you once back in '68 at uh, at Bristol and whatnot, you know, and and you know, and his eyes just sort of lit up, and he says, I remember that. He says, and I said, you do? And he says, yeah. He says, I just, you know, he said, it was just, just so weird that some that some white boy from Florida would be down here in the pits. <laughs> you can't today. say that, Dave. <laughs> well, you no, can't say white boy. That's not politically correct. You can say correct white anymore. boy. <laughs> That's okay. Hey, he's got his redneck. <laughs> he's got his redneck hat on. Jack's got his redneck hat on. You can say it, Dave. Hey, Dave, listen. Um, accept- okay. This is what's going to happen here is we're going to continue over the next few weeks and we're going to talk months. about at the end of the show. Yeah, it'll probably take us months. Um, we we went all over the place with this today in the past. What I want you to do is I want you to uh, wrangle this thing a little bit, and um, let's um, let's cover um, let's cover what you say. You started in '65. Let's cover the '60s a little bit. What do you want to do, Jack? Maybe over the next couple of weeks, let's cover the '60s. Well, what we had impl- what we actually have. What we actually have in mind, Dave, is uh, Rick uh, met up with uh, Marty Little over the weekend, and uh, 
we want to talk to you every few weeks, you know, and then uh, talk to, to uh, you know, some of the guys like Marty Little that have been, been around a long time. And we want to sort of put, like, we have the photo galleries on the uh, on the uh, history section. We want to put together an audio gallery, like we'll clip out these interviews. Yeah, so, get me some, get me some interviews. Know. Get me some... Uh, Get me some audio from back then. Get me some uh, print. That's not from, what we're talking from. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm saying. Well, this is really interesting, and I, and I think it's just a wonderful idea to go ahead and, and have this archived. Um, you know, there's a lot of young drivers out there that would love to know, hear these and, stories. And that movie, by the way, Dave, is Grease Lightning, for those who mm-hmm. want to know. And, and Richard uh, Pryor. The thing that, that I like was Richard Pryor uh, was one of my favorite guys who was in that movie. It was a really good. It is a very good movie. Yeah, it is. It's a, as far as, you know, most racing movies aren't really, uh, really aren't really about racing, you know. Exactly. But, uh, but this one, you know, really took it, uh, took it to heart. And, and if, uh, you know, uh, I, I read an interview one time with Richard Pryor about him doing that particular movie. And he had done some studying and had met with Wendell and his family and, and, uh, um, he was just really impressed with the guy, and he said, "You know, I don't know if I can really pull this off, but uh, but he did a really really good job." And uh, and I think that you know the writers and the producers of that movie actually you know put together something that uh, you know it probably didn't really go into a lot of the crap that Wendell had to put up with, you know, because they really just you know couldn't do it you know be sort of politically correct really in, in a so way so you think but, they should have uh, sugarcoated it a little well you know yeah. oliver stone didn't do the movie maybe maybe oliver stone needs to pick it up and yeah yeah i guess i don't know but uh you know there was a there was just a lot of stuff you know i mean you know he's still the only black uh, black driver to win a, a nascar you know at that time grand national race he never ever got the trophy for that you know lee petty kept it uh it was either Lee Petty or Buck Baker. I think it might have been Buck Baker. I'm not sure uh, whoever they had said was the winner of the race. And uh, all, all in the gro- all in the growing pains of America. Yep. You know, yeah, That's really all, all the growing it is. pains of America. And uh, so, uh, well, but uh, yeah, well. just uh, you know, it, that's just you know, those are just fond memories of, of, that I have. You know, I you know, I don't necessarily. I never really followed the superstars of racing that much well, I, I, I'll, I'll tell you what back of the, the guys that, that ran in the mid pack and in the back that you know made sure you had a full field of cars <laughs> well I'll tell you what this has been just absolutely they're, fascinating they're, they're kicking us out Dave they're and, kicking us out um, Westerman we, we get your stuff you together being on with us get your stuff together we're going to call you again either next yeah. week or the week after we're going to talk some more about old racing I want you to get we'll some names together the, uh, the, Talk about the old Orlando track, the old O'Galley track. I can go into the, the full history of New Smyrna. I bet you could do three hours on your own. Oh, I tell you, there's, there's, there's just a lot, a lot that I've seen, you know, and, and guys like Marty Little and, and, and a guy like uh, Eddie Roche, uh, who works with uh, uh, ISC as a, their archivist, uh, you know, uh, he would well, just an incredible guy to have on. Uh, well, Dave, the... Uh, Unfortunately, right, the Dave. music is coming up, and um, I think we're about to get uh, shoved out the window here up in our eight-story tower. So, uh, Hey, Dave, we're going to call you run. again. I appreciate it. A blast from the past with Dave Westerman. We'll be back again. Thank you so much. Hey, do, just before we go, can I just really quickly? Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
Blast from the past. The lion, the lion, the lion. Dave Westerman, um, a lot of knowledge, a lot of pitchers that he's taken over the years. Mm-hmm. So um, Marty Little, too. Um, those guys have talked to a lot of these racers that, that uh, you know, basically formulated uh, uh, the racing that we see today, you know, the tracks. and um, you, you really know. will. If you go into the, those photo galleries in the, in the Florida history section there on Karnak.com, man. There's a bunch of old, old, old pictures in there. And then there's links on there to other places around the net where you can find old, old pictures. Pretty cool. That's right. It's That's good really that cool. at least somebody's doing it. That's, That's right. right. It's, it's important. It needs to be saved. She had an announcement. Yeah, I just wanted to uh, make sure that everybody in the racing community knows. And I, um, uh, Thunder Truck Driver Randy Kyle from uh, down the Charlotte County Motorsports Park Um uh, called me yesterday with some very sad news. His brother, also, who used to drive four cylinders down at Charlotte County Motorsports Park, passed away yesterday in an automobile accident up in Virginia. And I uh, just want to, you know, let his family, the Kyle and the Connolly family, know that uh, they are in our prayers and thoughts. And, um, you know, pass that on. Just make sure. And Randy wanted to make sure that everybody that knew his brother knew um, of his passing. And hopefully he will be back here in Florida and racing at the C- at CCMP on the 15th and racing in John Connolly's honor. All right. There you have it. Uh, also, Rocket Man, uh, our condolences go out to uh, Wayne Jefferson there with the passing of his mother. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a bad thing. And uh, Lord be with the families from both of these folks. You know, that that's all right. we can say. And. Uh, as always, as a racing community, we gather around and are there to support. So uh, if anybody sees Wayne or Randy, just give them your condolences. Uh, Jack, uh, tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. Yep, you guys are going to have Augie Grill. Yes, Augie Grill. Bobby Santos, Jacob Wilson, Augie Grill, Bruce Hibbs Jr., and crew chief Rodney Jockich. What's up with that? Jockish. 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 That's what I said. Jockish. Jockish. What color is the cock? Yes, folks, uh, tomorrow, we'll have, tomorrow we'll have a serious show. Okay. Okay. I might come so crash it. Oh, that's cool. You both okay. can Inside crash Florida it. Racing next week, 7 to 9, same time, same place, Mondays. Make sure you tune in. Or tune out. Or turn it on. Or tune on. Take it easy. Tune in, turn on. To do the safety boogie, I'm gonna jump until I fall. I've got to do the safety boogie. I'm gonna jump until I fall. Bar hopping and high topping. Hey Lord, can't you hear me call?
Just be doing the same. 